Welcome, wary traveler. You have found the Fake Nerd Podcast key. Join us, Brandon T. McClure, the the uh, the keeper of the anywhere key. Ben Magnet, the keeper of the head key. Ryan Eliopoulos, the keeper of the face, the identity key. What's up? My name's Randall Locke. I got shot by Sam Lesser with a Glock. That's good. Thanks. Sparks Witty, the keeper of the witty key. I had to make up one for Ooh. you. Ooh. Last name. I like it. Okay. The Omega key. How about that? You want the Omega Sh- key? I'm whatever. Sure. Wait, what's the other keys? The, what's the fire key called? Matchstick. The matchstick match key. Let me let me have the mirror key. The mirror key. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. you got the mirror key. What am I, I don't know ident- if I w- Identity? Yeah. Cool. Which they changed from the book. I, oh, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys don't know, we're talking about Lock and Key. This episode 180. What's up, guys? 180. Uh, welcome back. Uh, hi, guys. Hello. How was your, how was your weeks? It was a week of, of, of living. It was. Good. Yeah. Living was good. Yeah. I'm not going to go first, just because I dying. usually always go first or last. I want to go right in the middle this time, just because I want to. So someone else go. Ha! Take it. Okay, Ben. Okay. Go, I'll, Ben. I'll go first. Um, I watched pretty much all... Not pretty much. I did watch all of Lock and Key. Watched Man, the whole I, thing. I assume yeah. all of us did. Yeah. Yeah. We all... Ah, shit. Yeah. Watched the whole thing, and yesterday I finished uh, the DLC for Fire Emblem Three Houses. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, your interview is up. Yeah, it with is. Ben, with Ben Lepley. Yes, it is. I want to say that up top because people generally tune out at the end of the episode. Ah, well, I listened to the first like 30 minutes of it, and then I, I was at work, so I had to turn it off. But uh, it's good. It's good. He is a, he's a lively uh, lively uh, person to talk to. He so most certainly you is. You guys bounce really well together. Yeah, he most certainly is. I can't wait to do more stuff with him later in the future. Yeah. Uh, besides, besides that, not a... A whole lot. I mean, Fire uh, Ashen Wolves House of Fire Emblem Three Houses is freaking great. Uh, I love that game. I still that that DLC was nice and meaty. It was like seven hours long, and it was a challenge. Like the fights, I'm like, I really have to think about this because as it's a tactical RPG, but it's like right at the get go, it's like the first two uh, fights you have is like okay, they're a little difficult, and then as it gets on, it's like this is a slog. This is a fight. I gotta prepare for this. I have to really be careful of how I place my units so I, they don't die. Your emblems really have to be on fire. Yes, they were. And yeah. they were. They were on fire. With and the matchstick key? Yes. <laughs> Bringing it back. That's the new, that's new DLC. You know what? I'll let you have that one. Thank that you. was actually pretty good. Well, yeah, because you wouldn't say milk last week. <laughs> you guys are still on about that, aren't that's you? The yep. last, that's the last one. Because yeah. it really hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Okay then. We were devastated. Yes. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry to cause you so much pain. Then cool. I'm still not going to say it. Um, besides that, no, nothing much. Just no. now, just lock and key, fire emblem. Cool. Yeah, that's about it. I will. I will now go. Okay, now you'll go. Cool. So I'm going to talk about some comics I read first. I didn't read all of my comics from this week, but I want to talk about the ones I really liked. And it's Wolverine number one. Um, this is a really, really good first issue of Wolverine. It is very expensive, yes, but it is literally a. a Double size issue is two comic books in one comic. Uh, I almost picked it up. It's it's yes, it's expensive. Um, it's it's really good quality. Both both comics are are super good and they're very different. The second artist, uh, his name is Victor Bogdanovic, and he's kind of a new guy, but he looks like a cross between uh, Greg Capullo and John Romita Jr. when he's really good. And he's Ooh. like the faces are kind of the square, but a little more rounded, and the art and the like the action is like Capullo. And I'm like, this guy is awesome and he is such a good fit for Wolverine um and I think I'm just gonna tell you kind of what the first issue is about because it's so awesome so you know Kokoa it's a mutant nation all mutants are there Omega Red you guys know who Omega Red is he has like weird he has the weird tentacle things coming out of his arms I heard he was he's a Wolverine from a future I'm I'm not sure about that. I actually yeah. don't know too much about him except from like uh, the animated series. Sure. Uh, he shows up every now and then, but just kind of just a random bad guy. Yeah. But um, he uh, uh, he shows up to Kokoa and he needs help. Um, and it turns out that. Uh, 
uh, he was trying to help a bunch of vampires, and then the, I heard about this. Yes, yeah, so. So you know how all the mutants have joined forces in in Marvel Universe? Well, so have the vampires. So all the vampire nations have you know joined Dracula together. Is? Yes. He's in Chernobyl. Yeah. Uh, this is a really cool comic. So all of the vampires have become like one nation because I got basically inspired by Krakoa. So all the vampires are together and they're being led by Dracula and they're like, yo, let's have a war. And I'm like, oh my God, the this Avengers, is so stupid. The, <laughs> Avengers, the Avengers run where it introduces, because Blade shows up and man yeah. thing, and Dracula seeking asylum with uh, Code Red and, and the other um, Moscow heroes. Yeah. And, uh, That's how Omega Red got some, gets involved. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, uh, what are we, this is Dracula. Yeah. And so the Avengers are kind of like, you have Dracula. Yeah. And he's like, um, he's seeking asylum. And like the whole thing is like, it's revealed that Dracula wanted this to kind of like unify the vampire species. Uh, and that's awesome. Go to war. It's yeah. awesome. Um, so like Dracula is, I don't know what happens at the end of that, of the Avenger stuff. Cause I didn't finish reading it, but, uh, Dracula thing turns into a baby. A uh, man baby. Uh, so Dracula is, no. Uh, so Dracula is hurt or whatever. So um, the whole point of this issue is that the vampires want Wolverine's blood because he has like super healing factor. So they think that would help uh, like resurrect Dracula. So uh, it's just an awesome issue of vampires and Wolverine fighting a lot. So yeah, because you and I were reading Avengers and you were you know, X-Men, but yeah. like, um, do you think there's a there's like an event coming? Yes. Vampires versus 100%. Mutants? I'm stoked uh, for And that. it wouldn't be the first time that the vampires have been involved with X-Men stuff. Uh, there was a big uh, a big event that happened in like the mid-2000s where like Jubilee got turned into a vampire. Storm got that. turned into a vampire. So like Dracula and the X-Men have history. Yeah. Uh, they, he was I'm on that stoked. show and stuff. If that's the next, if that's the next uh, there is an event major event. That has not been announced that is, that is supposed to uh, be announced this summer. Yeah. Uh, so it, I don't know if it's that, but it's with... This is really cool. Yeah. I'm and sure. I've never cared about Omega Red, but they turned him into like almost a sympathetic character where like he is a Wolverine keeps calling him like this, this brutal killer. And he's like, you do not deserve to be on Kokoa. And Magneto gives him this speech where he's like, Wolverine, there's a time where both you and I were also called that. And I'm like, shit, he's got a point. Yeah. And then maybe Omega Red is still an asshole. So I'm like, ah, oh, maybe Wolverine had a point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to give Wolverine number one credit because um, Wolverine has had a lot of books. He's like, he's, he's. Uh, very popular, but he's kind of overused a lot of the times. And I think this is a really good issue. I don't want people to skip on it if they like Wolverine. Sure. There's also a comic called Marvel's uh, Voices that came out, which is based on a podcast, which is an anthology podcast about Marvel characters that has a like a diversity kind of edge to it. Um, this comic is incredible, uh, and I and it sounds very like like PC like because a lot of it is about Who diversity. Cares? But it's it's it's. I found it really moving and really powerful that that Marvel put this kind of comic out because there is straight LGBT uh, representation all over the place and like lots of uh, uh, people of color doing being on the creative the creative themes, and uh, and it's still just a regular comic though and it's still like there's a wacky racist thing between K Krakoa and Wakanda. And it's awesome, and it's so funny. And I posted something on Twitter that made me literally laugh out loud at like five in the morning yesterday. Um, I think that book is really cool, and I want people to check it out because uh, it's a really interesting idea adapting a anthology podcast into a comic book. But the format fits perfectly because it's it's a comic book. Sure. Yeah. So um, that's the comic books, and then I played video games. I played Red Dead Redemption. Video two. games. Red Dead Redemption Two. Hey guys, that game's also really good. I'm sure you've heard it's really good. Have you, have you, is this the first time you played it? Yes. It okay. came out two years ago, but uh, it has not gone down in price until there was a, uh, a sale. I also bought Bounty Hunter 
because it was on sale for five dollars. Oh, yes, I Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Yes, I haven't played that yet, but uh, shit, that game was awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna start playing it soon. Um, but Red Dead Two, it's about it's 1899, and civilization is is at the peak of becoming what it is. You know, the old West is dying out, and you are this gang, and you are this guy named Arthur Morgan, and he's like he's like a bad guy. He's a he's a pirate. Pirates are not good people, but like Jack Sparrow, he's charming, right? Uh, and he works for this guy named Dutch, and it's just them trying to survive. Like they're they're the last of a dying breed and it's it's just them trying to survive in this in this technolo- technological world you know quote unquote in 1899 uh, and it's just really it's really powerful and it's like Breaking Bad where you just see the downfall of someone uh, and it's it's just some of the best writing in video games that there's a reason Rockstar so, is like top 10 so like better or worse than Wild Wild West with Will Smith oh I think um, equal equal measures wow. yeah Will Smith gives up powerful performance remember when he when he does uh bongos on that woman's chest kenneth brana dude kenneth brana's performance Mart- it's martin scorsese's favorite movie <laughs> that's not true uh so uh red dead is like 100 hours long so i barely scratched the surface uh i started playing pokemon sword and shield slash nope just sword just you, sword you live, sword. You live streamed that i did it wasn't a good live stream one because uh i was extremely tired and i was just being stupid and not funny stupid just stupid stupid uh and the mic was barely working so it's good no one was really watching <laughs> uh but that's why it's called a test uh but that game is actually really fun uh it's really charming it looks really pretty it's still a pokemon game it still has all its tropes but um they do just enough to make me really excited to continue playing it who cool. who'd you pick for your starter um i picked grookey okay I was gonna Groot? pick so- Grookey. He's a he's a monkey and he hits you with a stick. He's cute. Grookey I was gonna man. pick Sobble, who is a depressed like turtle or whatever. Uh, but then you saw his evolutions and you're like, mm. they're not as cool as the other ones. No. Um, so uh, uh, that's that's what I did this week. My favorite right. was always Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil, Typhlosion. Cyndaquil is, is rad. Yeah. Yes, Typhlosion like is the dopest. I think I have a oh, yeah, is the best. holographic card of him upstairs in my in my awesome. room. Yeah. Um, I watched one movie, but I'll leave that to Sparks. Because we oh, watched no, it you together. Can, you could tag team into this. And then oh, I want to. Oh, I'd love to tag team with you. Let's do it. The movie Ooh. is called Honey Boy. It is written by Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Uh, it is his life story. Uh, and it is, if you know the movies he's made and you know about like, his life. It's like a segment out of his life yeah, story. Yeah, it is literally. Two segments. It is literally like as as real uh, as a fake movie can be about someone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like uh, when you see pictures of his dad, like he, he looks like his dad in the movie. It's almost kind of crazy. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, the trauma that, that that dude has gone through from being a child actor and you see the things that he went through like in the movie which have to be inspired by real stuff. Um, I found it really moving and really, uh, really sad. And like you can understand why someone like that gets into trouble the way they do. The last scene was like broke my heart. Uh, oh, oh, like when he's an adult? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, hey, like I want to make a movie about your dad. I'm like, yeah. just make me look good. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, that movie is uh, 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 incredible. Yeah. Really, yeah, I really like that movie. I'm, I'm really glad, glad we had the opportunity to see it. Really glad you guys saw it. Thank you, Amazon. Yeah, we've been waiting. Uh, and it, it's on Amazon Prime now, so people can check it out. And so we, we set aside some time. We're like, let's do, let's do this. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Really glad that we watched it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm admiring your shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have Dragon Ball Z Ooh, Uzaru. Ozaru's tail is being cut off. Ooh, oh, is Yamjirobi back there? Yeah, Jirobi, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I also played a game called Apex Legends. It is a game where uh, uh, 20 teams of three, so it's 60 people drop down. It's a battle royale game, and uh, it's a, a survival of the fittest. We played it uh, once. It's <laughs> a Fortnite, but from the people that make Titanfall. Yes, it's yeah. actually it's really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, we tried to I tried to stream it once with you guys and uh, it didn't go so good. didn't go so good. Not that problem anymore because I've got a, a long ass cord. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I finally got my first win playing with my coworkers, and that just it's a nice feel uh, uh, being good at a game when other people are so much better than you. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's nice. 
that's my week. Thank you for stopping by my TED Talk. Sparkles? Uh, the major thing I did was I left town, um, thanks to Ben for taking Megan and I to and from the airport. No problem. Um, and we went to San Francisco and we saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yeah, that's awesome. Both parts. Ooh. Both parts, all of it, the whole thing. <clears throat> the whole thing. And now I know now I know that story. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and no, yeah, it's I, not I, that bad. Hey, it's not that bad. Hey, you were pretty positive. No, I'm pretty I yeah. I, I read it. There's there's weak there's weak script stuff. Yeah. Um and I think that they struggle to make it sound like some characters have the same voice as they should. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically Hermione. It's very, very hard to hear Hermione in the way she's written. Um, but past that, uh, it's written by Rowling, right? No. And uh, well, she's like connected to it, but it's written by people who have written plays. Oh, it's, it's her story. Oh, okay. That so makes, um, that so makes sense. Then. They did what what they should have done with the movies for fantastic. Mm. Movies. So like, she has final say on things, but like at the same time, like somewhere in all that, they couldn't translate Hermione's voice a, very well. She was a good writer at one time, right? Yes. <laughs> I honestly think I think the script, like doing a a. 90 page script versus a 800 page book are just vastly different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think just writing scripts, whether it's the play or the films is just a really big difference from writing a book. Um, and plus like smooth studio I, interference. Because I would yeah. argue what, what she was always best at was like visualizing a world. Yeah. That's yeah. what sold people on Harry Potter. I think right from the get go was how well she visualized a world. And that's all in like descriptive material. That's not so much in like scripts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the set design is is phenomenal. Um, just the things they're able to do on stage. There's moments where I knew I was taking it for granted because I'd be watching something happen. I'd be like, right, that makes sense, Harry Potter. And then I'm like, this isn't a movie, man. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, dang, what? How'd they do that? Because <laughs> um, like, I'm just taking for granted that like they're, they're doing a wand battle and they make the wand like, zap away and then it's in the other person's hand immediately. And I'm like, yeah, neat. Wait, wait, <laughs> <laughs> wait! How'd you do that? Like, like some things that are just magical. There's this part where you've read it, but like yeah. seeing it is one is another thing. There's a couple of moments where they they go to do the travel to the ministry, and the way that that happens is that they travel upstage to a telephone booth, and then they they ring it in, and you hear uh, the voice say, "Recognized Harry Potter," and then the cloak is sucked into the phone booth, and it's just then they're the gone, Matrix? and the person's just gone. That's the Matrix. But you're seeing it in in life on stage. Yeah. It's it's insane. Uh, there's this they there's this bit. I won't go into like too much story if you haven't read it. Um, but uh, there's this part where they're everyone knows kind of that there's time stuff and they're revisiting most specifically the Triwizard Tournament. This is if you don't know literally anything about this, it's a Harry Potter sequel. That's a play. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, but they're re-re- they're revisiting the Triwizard Tournament from Goblet of Fire. So there's a sequence oh, where cool. they're underwater for that second trial, and the Mermaids. way that they make underwater happen on stage is crazy. Um, just crazy. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, uh, hands down, like, I think my favorite thing is that there's this, every time they use a time turner, they do, it's very simple what they do, but it's so crazy looking. They, they, uh, once they clasp their hands around the time turner, a ripple effect of lighting occurs. And so it looks like what, when you're watching a movie, an EMP blast looks like. That's awesome. But you just watch the set, like, reverberate, ripple and I'm like, this is insane. No, if correct me if I'm <coughs> wrong, but the plot is that they find a experimental time turner that can travel further back in time than a normal time turner. Correct. Okay. Is it? It's t- not that they Tina find turner? it; they steal it. They steal it. See, from the ministry. That's the only thing that I read. I was like, oh, fan fictiony. Uh, I think there's a, a quite a few things that are a little fan fictiony, yeah. but I'm okay with it. 
Um, it never it never gets into like egregiously bad stuff. Um, there's some there's like I said there's some weak moments. Overall, I do think it's a very good story. Uh, I think that they do certain things with certain characters that like it being canon because it is it is canon. This is what happens next in Harry Potter and. Uh, for some characters, that feels so right to me, I can't even, like, pretend to not uh, admire it. Um, one of the things in particular is what, what happens with Draco. Um, Draco, I really, really love. I think he's the standout for me in the show, and um, that's pretty nuts. Uh, but it, it, it they handle it not just in a way where, like... Y- you now will go back if you know this story with Draco now you'll go back to everything that Draco ever did and you kind of have to look at it differently because the way Draco talks about those moments in his past that's cool uh and I can't I'm sure you're aware of that yeah, uh, yeah. but like you can't it's it's something it's it's really something spectacular to see uh I hope everybody who's interested has the opportunity to see it because they remodeled the Quran this is at the Quran theater in San Francisco that I saw it um that theater is remodeled uh for this show they completely renovated the theater for that show and i mean top to bottom the carpeting and wallpaper is harry potter themed this theater will be running this show for at least a decade Damn. P- probably more this might be san francisco's lion king wow for a oh. while um so you're gonna you're gonna have opportunity <laughs> i also think that given like i think at the end of the fantastic beast movies Warner Bros. is going to seriously consider adapting this play. I was I was just going to ask you like how how long until it happens. I think the hardest thing is it's very hard for me to picture J.K. Rowling being okay with them making a movie without uh, certain people who cannot possibly reprise those roles reprising their roles. Snape. I don't want to be too right. Yeah, Snape, um, Snape or uh, or McGonagall. Honestly, by the time that they would get a movie true, up and going, yeah. I don't know that Maggie Smith would be around or physically up to. Yeah. doing that and she's really important to that story yeah that's true um and i don't know that they would be willing to push forward on a movie with those things absent so that's a good point yeah. um it's possible that they won't but well they could cg the faces you could I darken it i don't know that anybody would be okay with it a cgi alan rickman i wouldn't i don't know that let's be specific i don't know that jk rowling would ever say okay to that sure and as long as she doesn't say okay it doesn't happen i think uh, she has that kind of control so yeah we know that War- we know that we do know that <coughs> warner brothers has registered a trademark for a film for Chris for a cursed child um but they have not done anything with it i do believe they're waiting for the uh for the for fantastic beast to be over before they seriously look at adapting it and you do kind of run into an issue with hermione's character i think also because the character has been uh race race swapped in the play i don't know that that's that's that relevant mm-hmm. to whether they make the movie if they're making the movie they're making the movie as a sequel to the films sure. which means that it's going to be emma watson and i don't know that anybody would have a problem with that mm-hmm. i know what you're talking about but the thing is like her being black changes and this is an arguable point that i agree with some people on that like there's two sides about this where it's like this is really great that they did something where she has every time that they're doing it on stage hermione's now black and that's awesome. That's really cool and everything. Here's the other thing about that, though. Hermione's not written as a black character. And nothing in this play changes that fact. And nothing in the history of the books, because this is canon to the books, changes that fact. In fact, she would have to be written differently. So in a sense, it is race washing. Even if it's in a positive direction where it's getting more exposure for a black person, mm-hmm. you're still denying things that would have been factors about a black girl for all those years in the original books growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh 
in that time period, even now today, but like especially because this is in the 90s, right. what effect that would have. And that's all just like not there. And it's not there in the show, so it doesn't matter. Like when translating to a film, it can just be Emma Watson. But like it, I understand why some people are upset in the opposite direction of why that happened. Um, <clears throat> but I also am like, when it comes to stage shows, I, I, I prefer blind casting more often than not. Absolutely. Um, but in the context of the Harry Potter books, I see how it's troublesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my turn? Nope. <clears throat> oh, damn. No, I'm, I'm, you, you may continue. Okay. Just kidding. Uh, let's see. I watched a couple of movies. I watched Downhill, which is a new Will Ferrell, Julie Louise Dreyfus movie. Oh, uh, please tell me it's good. Nope. Uh, damn it. It's honestly incredibly boring. Dang. Um, this is a, a quote unquote comedy directed by Jim, written and directed by <coughs> Jim Nash, uh, Dean Pelton from Community. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, you know, I love them so much. Uh, it's not funny. It's kind of dumb, and not in a smart, not in like a goofy way, but just kind of like this, this. It was just a little boring. I remember I turned to Zara and I said, "Does this get better? <laughs> Is, are we gonna?" And it's just, it's fine. Oh yeah, thirty nine Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. that makes me so sad because I love both those people so much. Now, and I was so interested in them working together. And now there's some good stuff in it. Uh, I won't, I won't say that there's entirely not. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that I realized is, so there's been a lot of talk about Birds of Prey, obviously. Um, about oh, and the war between Sonic. <laughs> that's so, that's the funniest. We're not going to talk about it. I just think it's, it makes me laugh every time I see a, t- a tweet about it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but there's a... Real, real quick, I, what bothers <laughs> me is that when I see those things, those same people will say, well, don't compare Birds of Prey with Joker. Those aren't the same when they'll say like Birds of Prey was more enjoyable than Joker. And they're like, you can't compare that. And I'm like, then why are we comparing it to Sonic? I just ignore Joker now. <laughs> I'm past Joker. <laughs> Right. So anyway, so one of the things that I was thinking about was like, um, there's been a lot of talk about just like female directors, female voices in, yeah. in movies. Honey Boy is a movie directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the four major major superhero blockbusters are being directed by women this Hell year. Hell yeah. Um, so I'm like thinking about this. I'm like, and, and so it's like subconsciously something finally clicked in my head and I, I just didn't notice it. It's just the way it's been. I don't even think the directors know that they're doing it. But there's a shot of Will Ferrell and Julie Louis-Dreyfus' hand and the hand is in the center of the frame and they're trying to like hold each other's hand. This is after Will Ferrell ran away um, during the avalanche, and so they're so so they're kind of like on the edge. Um, the way the frame is shot, Will Ferrell's butt is not in in frame. Julie Louis Dreyfus is. Yeah. So I didn't even think about that. Just the kind of like, wow, you know, I I I'm, I'm watching this film and I'm like, oh shit, that's watching a movie directed by a woman. You'd never see something like this. And honestly, it's really refreshing. Yes. Like, and so, so I just kind of had this like the glass shatter moment in my head. I'm, I'm glad. Like, I'm glad because uh, it's always uh, nice. That's, yeah, that's why. Uh, that's why I appreciate things like I said, like like man man eaters and, and birds of prey. Because yeah. it's like there are things that as a white dude I just don't think honey about, boy. and I don't and I don't say yeah, honey boy. Um, man, honey boy, uh, f me up. Let me tell you. I'm sure. Uh, that movie was that movie was so good. Yeah. I wish more people know about that movie. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, a lot of great movies came out directed by women. The farewell, honey boy. Oh yeah. Um, all women. ignored at the Oscars. Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, so just watching that, just watching the framing of just, and being like, you know, they probably don't even know that's what they did. They mm-hmm. just framed a shot. And like, you, you know, you do get a, not just a completely different perspective, I'm trying, but a I'm trying to understand voice. what you're saying about the frame. Explain it again. Well, so, okay, so. Like two people's butts are in frame, but only hers was seen? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's just, so the, the frame is just, she, she covers she her butt's in the frame. Will Ferrell's kind of kind of like side butt, uh-huh. and then their hand is okay in, is, is there. 
Got it. It's not like maybe it's not even like an explicitly like trying to be gross shot, but it's just like it's you don't think about like oh her her butt's just right up in there, yeah, and his isn't. Right. It's kind of that thing. So no, I, I got you. So I kind of thought about that for a while. I'm like, you know, it's it's just so refreshing to see films directed with a different voice, mm-hmm. a different perspective that is not ours. And and a lot of these these movies directed by women is just like game changing and should be getting a lot more attention. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, I saw also saw I also watched the Disney Plus Lady and the Tramp. Oh, finally, some one of us watched it. Yeah, I was wondering who was going to do it. Finally, did it. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's cute. Cute. Uh, it's it's. I mean, it's a dog movie. <laughs> um, is it better than Lady and the Tramp? No. Is it better than The Lion King? Yes. You know which Lion King? I yes. Mean. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I think that's what matters. The Lady and the Tramp 2019 is a better movie than The Lion King 2019. Um, <laughs> but it better be. Which which would seem like a low bar to cross over, but they're in a similar realm of what yes. they're doing. So yeah, and I find a lot of the voices like they have a uh, Sam Elliott as uh, as one of the dogs, and it's mm, not like fire, they have fire trusty, fire right? Trusty, and trusty, yeah. and it's not like they make him say anything stupid. He's just Sam Elliott as a dog, and uh, does he have a mustache? No, damn it, um, he's a great Dane. <laughs> that makes uh, sense. Yeah, it, it, so it's a it's a it's a cute fun movie. I, I I enjoyed it. It's a it's a nice way to spend al- almost two hours, which is makes it forty five minutes longer than the original. <laughs> yeah, uh, how well. do you, how do they do that? Um, I mean, look at Dumbo. Pat it. They just made yeah. a sequel movie inside the movie. They uh, pad it. That's what they do. This isn't Paddington. I read. I wish it was Paddington. Right. I read. I caught up on on uh, Justice League. Scott Snyder's Justice League run. Yeah. It's the only comic run I read. I, I had the chance to read this week. Um, but it was Scott Snyder's Justice League run. And I sent you some pages. That book is wild. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a the pages that I sent I sent to you was just like the hall the 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 hall of doom. The Legion of Doom's Hall is is flying above this legion of apex predators that were created by Perpetua. These like Martian, uh, these like Martian man hybrids mm-hmm. who have all accepted Doom into their hearts, and yeah. and uh, Lex is leading them with the flying Legion of Doom. And so like the Justice League of like, look, we lied to all of you guys. He's talking to all the heroes. We lied to you. We didn't tell you what was going on. This is what is happening. If we d- if we can't win, but if we show people that we are fighting for them. Then they will have the they spark will, that will light the rebellion. Yeah, the spark <laughs> that will light the rebellion, and it's like, and so, the, so he's talking to like the all the heroes of Earth from past and future. Hyper time. We got the Legion. We got the DC One Millions, uh, which were fun, to, which were fun to watch. Uh, we got the Justice Society. We got like everyone, and then all the current heroes: Batwoman, Robin, uh, Black Canary, like uh, Green Arrow, and they're all they're all there. They're all ready to go. And uh, Superman's like, if we sh- if we show them that we are fighting to protect them. Because we believe in them, not because they believe in us, then perhaps they will accept justice into their hearts, and we can beat Perpetua. That's awesome. And so then, the, so like they all run out of the hall, the hall of the hall of justice, and Lex Luthor is like, "Batman, you can't win. I've broken you before. I'll break your I'll break your neck this time because because Lex initially broke all of Batman's bones, and in, in the early issues, and uh, and and Starro is like. Uh, Staros Jaro, sorry, Staros kid, uh, who thinks back. Real, real quick, son. just like a five second explanation of Staro and Jaro for those who don't know, because it's wild. <laughs> Staro is the giant, is the Justice League's first villain. Is a giant starfish who can, who, can mind, who has mind control. He was last seen in DC in, in uh, Dark Knight's Metal, um, where a piece of him was destroyed. Well, he was all destroyed except for a piece of him that grew into a tiny Starro that they called Jaro because they kept him in a cage and they kept him in a jar. And Jaro thinks that Batman is his dad. Yep. It's Doesn't awesome. he have like a Robin outfit? He pretends oh, wow. to have a Robin outfit. Mm. That's an imaginary story. <laughs> That's wild. It's really cool. Um, and and so like and he's also really foul mouthed. 
but Batman is like, uh, and so so Lex is like, you can't win, Batman. It's like, you're right. And he pushes a button, and the Hall of Justice lifts from the ground and starts flying, and they fight in the air, and all those tears. I was like, man, this book rules. Comic books are cool. Comic books are <laughs> awesome. I'm reading some wild comics right now. Um, but yeah, the end, the end ends where, 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 where Dark Knight's Metal is supposedly going to begin. So I'm very excited for that, for that, for that. Now that I'm all caught up. The, Death the book metal. Was, the book was awesome. Uh, I'm, I, it's one of my favorite Justice League books. Uh, Jorge Jimenez did the art and his design for Perpetua is gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Anyway. Um, and then I'm currently subscribed. I'm currently subscribed to Star Trek. To Star Trek All Access, CBS All Access—that's <laughs> that's what it is. I mean, yeah, technically, much. yeah. To CBS All Access because I'm doing a Fictions Watch with Downright Nerdy, uh, a Star Trek Picard. So I decided that you know what, this time I'm episode gonna... three out now, episodes four and five out soon. Thank you. Um, so I decided that it's about damn time, and I pressed play on Star Trek Discovery season one, and I, I pushed through, I uh, pushed through the hump, and then I started to get kind of—I noticed the quality was getting better. I noticed I was kind of ca- kind of interested in some of these characters, and then I switched to the Klingons, and honestly, I just couldn't care less. Yeah, everything they do with the Klingons in that show is just awful. Aw, like I, I can understand, like I can understand that you want to upgrade the Klingon design. Our our design sensibilities have changed. I get it, but this is the guy. The guy who designs a lot of the monster, a lot of the uh, alien designs, is the same guy who d- who designed the Green Lantern two thousand eleven, the Cloverfield monster, and the Super Eight monster. Now look all, at, those are all ugly. <laughs> look at all their noses. This designed by the same guy. Yeah. Um. And I'm I I know I found I found that guy one time, uh. And I was confirmed he designed all of them. Mm-hmm. But so um so, I noticed that and so like you wanna you wanna update the designs you wanna give them the forehead ridges fine I'm I'm not gonna be a I'm not gonna be a canon a canon stickler and just be like they're not supposed to have ridges whatever. Who cares? I do a little bit, but, <laughs> um, but they put him in full body latex prosthetic. Ooh yeah, baby! That is the ugliest thing, the ugliest design I have ever seen. And then through all that prosthetic work, which they can't talk out of anyway, they make him speak Klingon the entire time they're on screen. So I'm looking at this these people who can barely talk, going, "Hey man, don't say that about my mama." <laughs> And I'm just like, this is awful. Is that is that it? That's it. That's not what Klingons look like. That's L- that's, that's Laurel. That's, that's a, not what Klingons look like. That's disgusting. Yeah. Don't, don't, Klingons have hair. Where's no, the hair at? Klingons have the second season. They started growing their hair. Have back they not seen the Next Generation? I don't think so. Have they not? Of met course Worf? they they know they they know what they're doing. They're just they're being weird. They they try they try to update them. I understand, but you they're always updated without putting them in so much prosthetic work. Yeah, I guess making them more aliens cool, but this like doesn't br- look like anything Klingon. No, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it's so unrecognizable. Yeah. The second season Klingon designs are better. They yeah. still have too much prosthetic, but they're getting better. They got the hair, and they start looking. Do yeah. the ships look at least like they're supposed uh, to? Ships suck. I hate the ship design of the show. Oh. Womp womp. The ship design of the show is awful. No eagle moss figures for you. Except the Enterprise is pretty cool. Okay. They redesigned the Enterprise. It's kind of rad. All right, but that's just a, d- a good design. Wait, who's on the Enterprise right now? It's Pike. Is I thought. Wait. Remember Bruce, oh, I'm sorry. Remember I, Bruce I, Greenwood? I forgot Discovery was way in the past. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. I forgot. Uh, we went back. We went back. We went back for Discovery. I'm thinking I got Picard on right now, and I was like, oh, the timelines. Yeah, <laughs> the, for real though. Yeah, and like I don't like the design aesthetic generally. It's it's a little too, it's a little too busy. It's not as as um, as sleek. iconic and sleek as the originals. Um, but it, but it's fine. Ultimately, like the story started to really resonate with me, and the the resolution to the season actually was really like, yeah, Star Trek. Good job, Star Trek. Because um, for before that, it was like. 
we're doing these stories because we should, not because we want to. Like mm-hmm. we're telling, we're trying to be like, we're trying to be smart and edgy because we're Star Trek, but also like we don't care that much to be smart and edgy, but we just feel like we have to. The reveal that spoiler alert, Lorca was from the Mirror Universe the entire time. So Jason Isaac's character, who's the captain of the Discovery, was in fact from the Mirror Universe. That actually worked really well for that me. That almost oh. made me want to watch the show. That actually worked. I, I liked those episodes a lot. Yeah. I thought those were really interesting, really engaging. Um, the reveal works. It doesn't come out of nowhere. It j- once he once he reveals that he is in fact the Lorca from that world, you're just like, okay, I, yeah, I buy that. That makes a lot of sense. Cool, um, cool, cool, cool. So that that and then we got back to the Klingons and I couldn't care. Um, oh no! <laughs> but the end was like the end was like very Starfleet, very Star Trek, whatever. And then Michael Burnham, who's the main character of the show, had to do this this really bad speech at the end. So they're in San Francisco. They're at Starfleet headquarters, and they had, she was like, um, "Are they at CSUN?" No, no, they just not the CSUN oh, design. Um, for all of those who don't know, Ben and I's alma mater was yep. Starfleet. It says our, the, the library was Starfleet Academy. Yeah. Um, so we. Uh, so, so she's talking about like so this whole speech of like that is Starfleet uh, uh, putting our way our idea our, our blah blah blahs and like that is Starfleet and then like it cuts to the Commodore being like we give the uh, the Medal of Honor to blah 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 and she goes that is Starfleet I'm like bitch shut up <laughs> I really need you to stop talking right now <laughs> you just should have muted it <laughs> um, uh, well Brandon did you know that is Starfleet I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, um, listening to speeches you want don't want to listen to that Starfleet. Yeah, um, and then the the season ends with Discovery meeting up with with the Enterprise. Um, oh right, yeah. And and so I watched the first the and first Black wave. Bolt shows up. I saw the fir- yeah I saw the first wave of short treks. The first four short treks. Uh, there's one about Ensign Tilly, which is terrible because Wedge Antilles. Her name is Ensign Tilly. Ensign Tilly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, she's a terrible character. I hate her. Um, oh, Anthony Rapp from Rent is in the show. And I really like him. He's really good in it. He's the chief engineer mm. of, the, of the Discovery. 525,600 Klingons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that working in your head. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the, the last two, the, then there's one where it's set like a thousand years in the future and the Discovery Ascension and, and it's based off a Greek tragedy. Um, and this dude finds himself on the Discovery and he's talking to the Discovery and it's really good. That's really good. That's written by Michael Chabon. And then the the next two are pretty solid. I forgot what the third one was, but the last one was pretty solid. Isn't a uh, uh, Doug Doug Jones? Oh, Doug Jones does have mm. one. Yeah, where we find the 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 beginning of a species, the Kelpians. Um, he's like a is he a lead or like a side? He's a, a lead. He's awesome. a lead. That's yeah. cool. Good for him. He's the first officer of the Discovery. Cool. He looks cool. Um, and so like uh, so I'm like, I'm like kind of lukewarm on on Discovery season one. I like the short tracks, but whatever. Still got CBS All Access for another month, so I was like, let's start season two. Then Anson Mount walks out the transporter pad of Captain Pike, and I'm like, I love you, that dude. Uh, I love you so much. Captain I like Pike. that dude as an actor a lot, and I want to. I really lo- I want to support him. He's so much fun as Captain Pike. Yeah. He walks in there, and he's just like a character, and we know this guy, and we love this guy. Did anyone watch Hell on Wheels? No, I didn't. No. Okay, it's a, it was an AMC show that took place after the Civil War where um, a bunch of people killed his wife, and then he just it's a revenge show about him just in the Wild West killing fools. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. It's so cool. Uh, it has I a heard lo- it was like AMC's Deadwood. It's, it is, and it reminds me a lot of Red Dead Redemption just because like, how gritty it is. What about that show where he couldn't speak and he had to sign language? He's from the moon. I forgot that, what it's called. We don't, we don't talk oh, about that show. Um, uh, they never made that X-Men show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Guys, God. it was Marvels and Humans. Shut up! Shut up! We don't speak Man, that name that's, here. It's it's again. Took, it sucks. It took away a movie. The casting in that show is not bad. It's just everything surrounding it's terrible. I still haven't seen the last two ish, the last four episodes. Oh, I, I quit at like 
the third or yeah, fourth episode. I watched like two, and I'm like, I would not do it. I, I love you, Medusa. I have not but... sullied my eyes with that garbage, and I am proud of it. Proud of you. Yeah, you should be actually. Um, <laughs> no, but he, I rather sully my eyes you know with what? something better called X Men. You know what? Anson Mount was really good in it as Black yeah. Bolt. I really liked him as Black Bolt. So. Like he walks, like I cannot, ima- I cannot ex- uh, state how much better the season is than the last season. Um, there's a lot of really great like Star Trek things. Like they're just like this guy's attacking us. Oh wait, no, he's trying to communicate with us, and that's like that's like pure. I Star love Trek. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anson Mount again is incredible as Captain Pike. Every time he's on screen, every time he's not on screen, I want him on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, was were there rumors of him getting his own show? There are currently rumors okay. of him getting his own show. Man, it, that that could be cool. They have not disabled the set, so that's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Um, because they built the Enterprise set on a new on a on a new soundstage, and they haven't taken it down yet. And then, man, that's if they do that show. They can introduce like another Kirk character. Like, I, I man, think they get. This, I think you cool. just you got ten years before Pike takes before Kirk takes over the, the Enterprise. You got a lot of ground room, and yeah. I think that would be the answer that I'm looking for. Which is, I'm a, I'm really upset. There's no like traditional Trek show on on the air. Yeah, that could be your traditional Trek show because it's not Picard, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not Picard. Yeah. I like Picard. I, I like. I said, uh, listener, our, our fake nerds watch uh, episodes four and five. I liked the last episodes of Picard. I thought they were really solid. Um, but the, it's still not traditional Star Trek. Uh, Sparks, you said to me like how like how would I feel if Discovery was the only thing we got and I didn't get Orville, right? Yeah. And like that's a really good point. Like I got Orville. That's the that's the traditional Star Trek show I've been I've wanted. Like and would it's you hilarious. would you not judge Discovery as harshly if you didn't have Orville? Yeah, was exactly. The, kind of the question. Yeah, and it, probably not because Orville again is like everything I wanted in a Star Trek show. Yeah, um, and and I, and I'm not getting that from Star Trek, but otherwise, uh, Star Trek Discovery season two, I'm I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm glad. Al- I'm almost done with it. Um, and then I got no more Star Trek before Picard is over. So I don't mm. know. I don't know what to do after that. But we should mention Clone Wars came back. I watched first. Oh, I forgot to mention I watched first episode. <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I haven't seen it. So. Yeah, the first episode, the uh, Bad Batch. Mm. I liked it a whole lot. Yeah, that animation style, uh, just like like uh, it looks real good. That animation style looks just like it did back then, it's, but, but it's, better. It's still solid. I'm glad that the animation didn't take a didn't take a dip down um, with the with the streaming service. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to say one of the things I was like, I really like Clone Wars, and I, oh, I remember like they had the Starship Troopers thing, like the Federation is under attack and da da da. Wah wah. Yeah, the dead speak. Yeah, Wait, sorry, no, that's not, not I don't that, that one. <laughs> but like it was it was. So I'm watching this episode, and I'm just I'm pressed to play on this episode. I'm like, man, I, I, here we go. It's Clone Wars. <laughs> and so they do the, the, the theme, and then they do the quote, uh, the war quote that they do. And then they did the uh, war over. And it's like the thing. I was like, <gasps> yeah, it's, we're back. Yeah. Uh, that spider guy is that. Yeah. I love I love his design so much. I, I would love, kill to see him in live action. I love the, the Bad Batch designs. Yeah. Damn, the Bad Batch are awesome. Add them to Battlefront Two, please. Yeah, there's two. There's two uh, extended uh, single shot uh, fight sequences with the Bad Batch, like in, uh, getting into places with droids, and it's awesome. Uh, so you guys haven't watched it, I'm guessing. No, you I'm, too? I'm, no. I'm finishing season six. Gotcha. Uh, nice. Just the Bad Batch is uh, it's a group of clones who are just they're a little defective, uh, which means they're just yeah. batshit crazy. <laughs> so it's just it's <laughs> uh, it's a, just a dope set of clone troopers. They've got like different personalities from regular clones. They were they were. They were genetically altered to be different. They were yeah. experiments. Um, there's ones that's stronger than the average clone. Ones that's a better shot than the average clone. You know what? The honestly reminded me of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A little bit. They all have distinct like personalities. Like one's like a tech guy. One's a strong guy. One's a leader. I'm like, oh man, this is like Star Wars. Star Wars Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're all voiced by obviously all the clones are voiced by the same guy. Yep. And that dude's range is insane. Yeah. It's it's. I sometimes forget that he does do all the all the voices. Yeah. Every single clone voice. 
So yeah, I just wanted to mention that because it's really great that the show is back and I'm really excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Dave, Dave Filoni basically all but confirmed that this is running going to run into conjunction with Revenge of the Sith. And, and we're getting a, lo- a little bit of the Ahsoka novel. Did you, did you see the tongue-in-cheek way he confirmed that? No, I didn't. Okay, so they asked him, like, uh, hey, so Mace Windu says that line from Revenge of the Sith, so is this, like, running in conjunction with Revenge of the Sith? And he's like, I can't really confirm or deny, but Mace Windu doesn't seem like the kind of guy who repeats himself. Good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that is um. cheeky. <laughs> Yeah, so we're so apparently Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and they, I they're just, also doing the. Um, I just really hope they don't contradict Tartakovsky. Me too. I'm sure they won't. I hope they won't. But, but one of the things that's also really exciting is the Ahsoka, the Ahsoka novel, the first novel that they did that they did with Ahsoka. Uh, she fights Darth Maul in Mandalore, and they're doing that sequence in the show. So they are bringing stuff from the. So like the 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 book is also going to be uh, going to be done in the show. Right so that was really cool. I yeah, love it. Can't wait. I'm glad they opened with a clone episode. Someone was like, it was just standard Clone Wars filler. I'm like, man, the clone the That's clone episode. The, clone, the yeah. clones are the show. The it's clones are the, the clone show. Wars. And the yeah. clones are the best part of that show. I agree. God, yeah, so I I'm I started season six from the beginning again because I'd seen most of season six, but I didn't finish it and I wanted to finish it before season the seven. The Yoda episode, but, right? Huh? Oh, Yoda's first ep- as the first episode? No, those are at the end. Oh, no, this okay. is the, at the, the, end. Uh, the, 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 the It opens with the, the A good pl- soldier the follows his orders. Yeah, the good yeah. The, the plot discovered about the chip inside. Oh shit. And that's the one where you've got fives who's like, I'm not some piece of hardware. I'm a living being. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn. Yeah. I watched that's Close the season I watched it a couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. When I finish Rebels. So good. Yeah. I can't wait for the rest of it. I'm, I'm uh, also surprised that they're, because it's Netflix, right? Or sorry, it's not. It's Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Disney That's Plus why now. they're doing it uh, weekly. I'm like, good. I don't, I'm glad it's not all at once. Yeah. It'll be in the, it'll Agreed. Be, it'll be in the, the yeah. zeitgeist a lot longer. I need to watch this. It's it's kind of funny how we, like, I don't know if it's a cu- cultural thing, but like, at least for me, and I think for some of us, like, we kind of want to go back to weekly instead of binging. Because like, everything comes oh, out no, at once. Oh, no, for me, for sure. Because like, yeah. I'm uh, over binging. Yeah. Me uh, too. There was that sweet period, like during like like the Marvel Marvel Netflix era, you know what? Like I, Stranger Things season I kinda one. I kind of agree. Yeah. I kind I don't want to binge stuff anymore. I mean, binge stuff is nice, but when you have the time, I don't yeah. have the time. Just too I much. To, just too much. I want to play. I like to come home. I want to play video games. And then it's like it's my like, my whole I have thing to is, watch. Uh, like this week, like I had to watch Lock and Key. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed Lock and Key. I had a great time with it. But at the same time, I'm like, well, my I whole really want to get into Fire Emblem. Well, again. my whole thing is like, I think you digest it better if you do it week by week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I think if you get it all at once, you don't digest it as well as you would week by week. Yeah, I think that I think the biggest thing with it is just that when you're when it's a binge show, if you're not in that moment binging with everyone else, then you're out of the loop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, good luck. Like later, you'll come to the conversation. I have the perfect example. I still haven't watched Witcher. Yeah. So I'm gonna watch Witcher in like four months or whenever <laughs> I watch it. Whenever school's over, probably, and I'll come back and I'll be like, "Guys, Witcher's really great." And you'll be like, "Yeah, but we're talking about Uzumaki or some shit." <laughs> and I'm like, no, "Uzumaki's still coming, Witcher, but the Witcher is still really great, guys." And it'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know Witcher season two. That's how it goes. That's how it happens now." You know, hell yeah! Um, um, real quick, uh, uh, something I forgot I wanted to mention about the Harry Potter show. Um, the programs have uh, a recap, like brief recap of the road to the eighth story, so it covers all of the books. That for like anybody who's not or hasn't been familiar with Harry Potter in a long time, so you get like a sum up of all the books, and at the bottom it has like terms that are important for the show, so you can remind yourself of all the things that are going to come up. Oh, that's cool! And I thought that was really neat. I'm like, man, they're really invested in like. You know, boy, if you're not like a Harry Potter nut and you want to see the show, like here, here you go. Oh, cool. If you've been away from the franchise for a few, few years and you might have forgotten a few terms, here's a little refresher course yeah. just to keep I you up to speed. I cannot, I cannot overstate 
manage. It's, they... the, it's the most like visually imaginative thing I've ever seen on stage. That's awesome. It's, That's it's awesome. crazy. All right, shall we get into our bread and butter? Yes. And here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. All right, then to get started, we had some sad news, at least for me. Um, Nicola, Kurt, Nicola Cutie, I think I am pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. uh, the creator of E-Man. Do you guys know who E-Man is? No. I don't think so. Welcome to the Church of E-Man. No. I'm Brandon C. McClure, fan of E-Man. Uh, E-Man is a comic book character, a superhero created by writer uh, Nicola Cudi and artist Joe Stanton for the American comics uh, company Charlton Comics in 1973. Um, he's had a couple of series, um, but now he's no longer owned by anybody. But let me, he's a, okay. So his Come power, on, church man. His power is E equals MC square. Okay. He, that's a symbol on his, on his jacket is E equals MC square. Is he Einstein? He's energy. He's energy man. Okay. He can turn into like, he can, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Captain Adam meets elongated man. Mm-hmm. So he can like shape shift, but also like super powerful. Like he turns into like a, a unicorn. Oh, or okay. Or like, cor- or like as, as you do. Um, yeah, it's look. He's a dumb character, but I kind of love him. Hey, man, him. no, no characters. Oh, man. Uh, but he, anyway, this guy died at the age of seventy-five. He was, oh. a, crea- he was a comic book creator. He he worked on a, on a couple more comics, um, uh, which I'm failing to remember right now. But he he was around for a long time. He, he, but most notably, he probably you probably also know him from like backgrounds from like Disney shows or Disney movies. He did backgrounds for One Hundred and One Dalmatians, for example, hmm. and also Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but yeah, this comic creator passed away. I thought we wanted to Whoa. mention that, Sad. especially because I'm a fan of E-Man. Rest in peace. I've got his complete up. collection. The whole thing? Yeah. The <clears throat> E-lection? Yeah. The collection? Someone bought the. Someone had the rights for like a, a minute and mm. was able to release the it. E-Man-lection. There you go. Um, but we do have some Marvel Cinematic Universe news to get into. Maku, maku, maku. Uh, Carl Lumley has been cast in an undisclosed role for Falcon and the Witcher Soldier. Yes. Uh, we're pretty sure he's the original Captain America. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. That okay, so uh, a lot of rumors came out around this casting about like um, Sam Wilson, the new Captain America, or the, he doesn't want to be Captain America, but the new Captain America. He finds out that the first Captain America was actually black, and that's what help ma- helps him make the discovery to want to be Captain America. And the government kind of pushes that away and wants to break this new U.S. agent, white Captain America, the guy. Um, I think that's awesome. I think that is such a dope idea. Uh, I hope uh, I hope it's true. Uh, make this as as. Not political, but political, and make it as oh, like. Oh no, I want it to be political. Yeah, do it. Just do, man. Just make it that comic. Just make it that comic. God, yeah, that'd be so great. Just, just blatantly say like, white America is afraid of a black Captain America. Yeah, just God. do it. Yeah. Um, explain who who the original Captain America. Is. So it's like the first experiments uh, weren't done on Steve. It's basically just almost like a retcon. Uh, it's like the first experiments were done on other people, and Isaiah Bradley was. It worked on him, but for some reason he was hushed away. Um, I don't know. For if, some reason. Well, yes, I have not read the comics that are based on. I just know it because you know, in the minutia of knowing uh-huh, comic sure. book stuff. Yeah. But um, the, the reason probably because uh, uh, he, he was black. He was, was the 1945. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, I this if this is true, it makes me want to check out those comics though, man. Yeah, that right. sounds really cool. Um, it, in contextualizing it to the MCU, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it as like you know the Americans were trying. If they're really gonna do it, yeah, then uh, then that like the Americans were trying to do the super soldier program and they weren't very good at that at it, and they all thought they'd failed. Yeah, well, we know that Hulk was a product of the super soldier serum, also. Right, but like that was them attempting later. I'm talking yeah. about before they brought the German scientist over in Captain America: right. The First yeah. Avenger. They were Earth trying guy. and failing, uh, and then. They assume that they all failed, and they don't know that the black guy worked. Yeah, 
Um, and so that's why they have the German uh, scientists come in and he actually makes the program work for them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be really totally <coughs> into this. Um, E-Man is a sentient packet of energy <laughs> thrown off by a Nova. He's, uh, he goes by Nova Kane. Oh no! <laughs> can we? No, can we not? Sorry, I like you, man. He's, no, Nova Kane's hilarious. He's dumb, um, but yeah, that's really cool. I'm super stoked for this. Now, this is just a rumor. This yeah, next bit is sure. just is just rumor. Um, she Hulk uh, has supposedly cast General. There's no cast. The production hasn't started yet. But supposedly, General Ross is returning for She Hulk. Reportedly, She-Hulk. the word is reportedly. Reportedly, General Ross is returning. For General She-Hulk. Ross will be in it. William um, Hurt. William Hurt himself. Lord bless. Uh, please, God. I would yeah. think there wasn't truth to this if he weren't in black widow and i'm like they yeah. clearly want to keep him around oh yeah exactly so w- of course because we are not clear on exactly what mark ruffalo's relationship is going to be with this show anyway there were rumors that uh, they were going to keep the original origin which means he would have to be part of it right but there's no co- confirmation of like where like mark ruffalo's already said he'd love to and all that kind yeah. of stuff but we don't we don't know what that keeping stuff from the hulk family involved makes sense and yes. so having thunderbolt ross in, in there and plus i'm i'm waiting for that like moment between thunderbolt ross and mark ruffalo me too I'm just yeah, waiting dude. for it and the, the, the obviously the rumor is that he will show up as the red hulk red hulk is so cool um, <laughs> i'm red. a fan of red hulk i god i want it bring back so, bring back betty what oh, what do yes. you guys think he's doing in black widow um, well, we see the, um, he's the, de-aged the, in Black Widow, right? We see him de-aged in Black Widow. That's so what I'm asking. W- so, what do you think he's doing? I would assume he's because I'm assuming if he's in She-Hulk and Red Hulk in this, this is they're like a using Black Widow as a lead up to that. Um, sorry, go ahead, Ben. What was yeah. your thought? I was saying that since obviously Thunderbolt Ross is de-aged in that shot of the trailer, right. he is trying to recruit Black um, Natasha Romanoff from the Russians to work for them instead. That doesn't make a lot of sense because Nick Fury recruited her to S.H.I.E.L.D. and Thunderbolt Ross doesn't work for S.H.I.E.L.D. That's true. Yeah, he, he, he works he's for the U.S. Try, government. He's, but, he's, but he's anti-Fury's whole thing yeah. in, in establishing So he could have tried first and then Fury was the one who succeeded. I'll tell you what I think it mm, is. That's, that's not terrible. Yeah. I think yeah. it might be, uh, I think you might be onto something and it's him just doing like shady, maybe some shady business in Russia. That's or, what I'm thinking too. Or it could be that Thunderbolt Ross wants to get Natasha Romanoff. It's like yeah. that, uh, um, it's like him, uh, I'm chasing this one person. This person's been kept messing up my operations all the time and then she pops up in S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's like, what the damn hell? Oh yeah, that could make sense, yeah. So it could be that. I I really I if if don't if, forget Red Guardian is a byproduct of a Russian super soldier serum. Too. Well, this yeah. is the thing is like we know that uh that not only that Ross was willing to push experimentation with the super soldier serum because he created Blomsky. Yep. And then he he we know he like pushed for Blomsky to be part of the Avengers team when it was originally being conceived, and they had to make him stop. That's awesome. Pushing I love for that. that idea. That's what he wanted. And then uh, if you go under the idea that maybe even taskmaster or red guardian are related to things he was doing in russia that maybe were off the books that he didn't want american eyes to see this can all just be lead up to him finally just being like fine i'll do it myself yeah <laughs> and then 100 red hulk yeah 100 um i want i wonder if this remember um incredible hulk the guy from modern family played uh, uh, uh doc samson doc samson yeah um I would I would love it if She Hulk became the sequel to the Incredible Hulk that yeah. we never Dude, got. Bring back Doc Samson. Bring back the leader. Bring back the leader, Doc Samson. Bring I want Betty, I like want him said, to yeah. play the leader bring so bad. Betty. Especially after Watchmen. I'm like, especially oh, after God, Watchmen. Make him on more TV shows as weird yeah. guys, please. And, and I would love to see Betty come back. Have have some something resolve that. Yeah. Whether it's even Tyler or not, I don't give a shit. Even Just give us that it. character back. Yeah. Because yeah. you already you made things weird and like give me give me back Betty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. 
because uh, you refuse to give us like clear re- relationship closure with Bruce and Natasha. Go, True. go screw yourselves. Uh, <laughs> I, either way, both of these, both of these sound really exciting. I will say, um, I don't think Mark Ruffalo has to be on the show a lot, but he is intrinsic- intrinsically tied to her origin. Like she, she, she gets it from him. Yeah. So like she's he, his cousin, right? Unless they she's do, his cousin, unless right? she's just gonna drink some of his blood out of a soda bottle. <laughs> I was gonna say the che- the cheesy way they could do it where they don't have him is like she gets into an accident and then it's like oh your your cousin your cousin donated blood and they don't even they don't even show him and that it could be lame. It just it just feels like everything else they're doing is so interconnected yes. that and, I yeah. can't see it. I'm just thinking of ways that like oh let's Kat Dennings it out. Kat Dennings is in the WandaVision show. Uh, I'm sure Mark Ruffalo could be a She Hulk of of Monica Rambeau and Jimmy Woo online. Yeah, right uh-huh. so like yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And also it's Disney Plus. They obviously have the money to bring Mark Ruffalo in for a thing, and they could straight up tell I mean, us like for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they could tell us if he's Professor Hulk though. That's a lot of money. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I forgot. But they still, that's all. That's that, that, that was that was mostly my point. Is I can't see him being on the show too much because he's Hulk all the time yeah also but still it, they have the money and they could do that scene of look jennifer's going to die unless she gets your blood and he's like okay yeah the thing about a she-hulk show is like she's generally like she's on the avengers right now but her solo books have never been big action books yeah. she's a lawyer so mm-hmm. i'm if adding red hulk and and maybe adding in bruce banner it's like i i hope this doesn't turn into like almost like a marvel netflix show because that's kind of not what it is um, it doesn't need to be action all the time. Uh, I kind of hope it's just like she's a lawyer who also fights crime, and I hope it's not all CG because this isn't a show that needs that big of a budget. I don't really. think She-Hulk needs to be CG. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like it. if he's involved in it, Thunderbolt Ross, and it'd be he like does a become final Red Hulk, thing. that would be like the final boss thing. Yeah. And honestly, it's probably what will push her away from her lawyer career yeah. because these are not intended to have multiple seasons, mm-hmm. and they're going to want to cross the character over into the films. I don't see them doing movies where She-Hulk is also a lawyer a lot of the time. Not like as yeah. a main focus of a story. Like, I don't gonna... see a She-Hulk movie yeah. where sh- the focus is she's a lawyer. Yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, but I can see them like milking all of that story into this one miniseries. And then by the end of it, they got to push her in the direction of being the rest of what she and is. And then, especially when they bring in Daredevil, you can't have two lawyers. Yeah. Mm. Unless you want to do Civil War 2. Uh, no. Let them make Civil War two better. This isn't a great. Yeah. This isn't a great place to put this, but it's the only place I could find it. We want to talk about um, Watchmen has allowed yes. something really cool to happen. Yes, um, because of Watchmen, they are putting a memorial in Tulsa to honor the uh, black. I, I should black Wall like all the details, yeah. but yeah, Black Wall Street. Um, which is something that like people have been talking about because historians have been fighting for this to get recognized. Like this, there have been quiet, quieted mm-hmm. campaigns trying to push this more into public knowledge, and it hasn't worked. And Watchmen is the thing that got it. People through. live in Tulsa and don't know about it. Like I see, I see on Twitter like celebrities like, yeah, I grew up in Tulsa and I didn't know about this. Wasn't our friend uh, Trevor? Yeah, he's from Tulsa, and yeah. he straight up says like he he didn't know what about up, it. Trevor? And yeah. now it's it's gonna be put into their their school curriculum. Learning yeah. about this, like that's, that's good. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. It sucks that it took Watchmen to do it. Yeah, but it's really cool. And I think also like what's what's most valuable about it is that um, uh, uh, sorry, Ooh. uh, is that it's it's showing that like this kind of pop culture stuff, this kind of fiction can change things in the real world. Can be important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um all right, so we move, move on to some of the other some of the other news for Let's the day. Let's do it. Uh Eli Roth has attached himself to direct a Borderlands adaptation from Legendary uh with Craig Mazin, uh the the award-winning uh writer from uh Chernobyl, 
It is attached to the right the right the new so, script. Okay, real oh, quick, real quick. Sorry. What <laughs> on the on the uh, Tulsa Oklahoma thing? So there is already a memorial. There is a memorial there in Tulsa. Okay, um, okay. but they're drawing but they're drawing more attention to it. The focus of what Watchmen did is that it is going to now officially become part of school curriculum all across uh, uh, their their schools. Yeah, that's okay. that's 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 cool. what I heard. Right on. Okay, that's really cool. Okay, sorry, Borderlands. No, just like the guy who did Chernobyl, who which won like the HBO greatest show of the year kind of thing uh, next to Watchmen. And before that, like scary movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and, which was like a decade ago. But it's like, hey, man, people can change and, and make better movies and stuff. Um, but he's uh, doing a Borderlands movie with yeah, Eli Roth. Um, Eli Roth. Roth. And oh, Eli Roth is actually a really, really good choice for this movie because that game is really frantic and wild and has lots of crazy, uh, like uh, it's just crazy people. The entire world is full of crazy people, and you're basically a intergalactic uh, Indiana Jones with guns. Lots and lots of guns. So um, uh, this is a really good choice, and that dude, uh, this is a good combo, and it's so weird that they're going to make a Borderlands movie so soon, I think. Well, I think that's cool. They've been trying to make it for a while. I mean, I mean it's only the third game's out. This will be, yeah. this will be, um, this this is this has not been in development as long as Uncharted, but it is kind yeah. of a situation, like, Eli Ross is not the first director attached to this. Yeah. Um, I guess I just haven't heard about it in a while. Yeah, it's been yeah. a little while. So it's exciting to see that there's some movement here. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I like those games a lot. Uh, I still haven't played three, but maybe when it goes on sale, if it's on sale now. Speaking of good directors, Taika Waititi is developing a, a new uh, TV series based on the graphic novel The Auteur for Showtime with Jude Law to star. Jude. Um, so this book and the show is about a movie producer who tries to make a successful horror film after a bomb uh, and accidentally locks his team up with a serial killer. That's awesome. Oh. So it's a horror It's a horror comedy. Sounds right. A comic. Um, and Peter Warren is helping write the scripts with Taika Waititi. I'd, ne- I'd never heard of this comic before, but it sounds really fun. Same. Yeah. Um, and Taika Waititi, Jude Law, weird combo. I'm into Ooh, it. Book um, love. While, while we're in miscellaneous uh, stuff. Miskies. Um, did you read Ben Affleck's comments that came out this week about I, why he I didn't? I did. Yeah. I, I only asking him about Batman. No, but I did want to touch on it because I thought um, his his like ultimate final comment about like why he left Batman entirely behind and everything was that he was talking to other people about it who had read the script and they're like, yeah, man, the script's really good. And I think if you do it, you're going to drink yourself to death. Yep. Uh, that he was just so depressed all the time over this. And I think that's just so sad Yeah. yeah. because, because I was talking to Megan about it and I'm like, you know, he really is the one thing I think back on fondly about Batman v Superman. There's almost nothing I think back on fondly except for his portrayal of the character. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that that became such a sore spot for him is really just devastating it's a character that he really loved yeah there there was a guy there was a guy on twitter and he was just like 99.7 percent of comic book uh people think that this is the best bat this is the most true to comics batman or some weird statistic that he pulled out of his ass and uh, someone was like it's not even true to the batman he's based off of yeah and that's that's true but he's still really good in it Yeah, he is Mm -hmm. and it you know through no knowing how Zack Snyder has handled things is like through no lack of passion or trying on his part to make Batman feel like something yeah. uh, that resonated. And I just, I just wanted to highlight like finally that I feel really bad that people in his, who loved him in his life would read his script for the movie and say, this is really great and you shouldn't do it at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's how bad it was. It's, yeah, Cause I think I that's a really sobering perspective of how like, terrible like, the situation it was on the inside. I, I like his alcoholism was going to, was, was gonna w- kill him. Yeah, I mean, he also expressed support for the Snyder Cut this week, so you know, can't hold that. Against I mean, him. Like, you know, that and that's whatever. Um, I think that's also him just kind of being like, I, 
I think he also just wants people to stop talking about it. I think, he wants I think that's to stop asking about Batman. I, sure. I, but but that's what I mean is like it, people will stop talking about it if they, it's just out. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just over it too. But um, but I just thought that was just so harsh to to know that that that's how bad it was for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to talk about it, uh, but I I, uh, I found his interview uh, really, really uh, powerful. I did too. He's a great yeah. guy. He's a great actor. I, yeah. I like him a whole lot. And I really liked him as Batman. That so. movie that he's that's coming out, I forget, it's called like The Comeback or The Payback. Or, Coach Carter but White? Uh, yes, Coach Carter but White. Uh, I think that actually looks uh, really good, and it almost looks like like a part of that is like true to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it's just important to highlight something like that because not necessarily that we do it, but like the, the comic culture consumption culture in general can very easily latch into like how long things were going back and forth about wondering what was the deal with Ben Affleck and Batman and everything. And like having him be able to, in retrospect, say like, this is, this is where I was at. Like this was not a decision made with any kind of like, uh, cavalier feeling yeah. i was very invested and it was very very hard for me to decide that what was best for me as a person was it to wasn't not taken do it. lightly right yeah. exactly yes. um and appreciate that there was a person who gave gave a lot mm-hmm. about it even though it didn't happen yeah hey man he's he he almost saves a terrible movie <laughs> almost almost <Yeah. laughs> hold on ryan what i up? saw your i saw your comment hell yeah baby <laughs> You're I, gonna, got, I want you to read it when we get to it too what i wrote when i wrote okay ryan wrote how dare you? <laughs> Giant size X-Men Storm was announced. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, so yeah, so, so Storm is going to be the next, this next star. The final one. Oh, the final one. Interesting. Yes, that there's a whole, there's a whole thing about it. Um, let me. Oh, our up. last issue is bookended by myself and Russell Donovan. Yeah. This is this is um, Jonathan Hickman talking. Oh, they just they just announced the complete collection for his Avengers run. I'm so stoked. Like the whole like like one big book or well the complete collections will be like complete collection volume one but it's, oh, okay. it's his entire run with new Avengers and Avengers World that's like eighty issues yeah so, oh, hell so yeah. that's that's real cool that's awesome I like I said before I really like complete collections so I'm so stoked to be able I got to pick those that things up. issues baby um so yeah so uh, our last issue is bookended by myself and Russell Dodderman. Uh we're doing giant size X Men Storm which pays off the first issue and also features more characters than just Storm um it really sets up what we're going what we're going to be be doing with her for the next couple of years wow years this dude's bold i, I love him uh so did you see this his his, his um his uh thing where it's like have, have marvel fired you yet he's like no but i'm trying every day yeah uh <laughs> he's made that joke several times and people are like are you serious i i liked where the the one that you guys were sharing around where it's like uh uh, people were asking oh, about the, the scripts he hasn't done for Marvel. He's like, you should be asking for my list of unwanted things at DC because that's straight fire. Yeah, oh. that one made me crazy because like I know he talked to DC. Like everyone knows he did. Oh I'm like, yeah. Shit. Oh, Imagine what Legion what, Titans yeah. like man. again. Like that rumor of like everything he was doing with Moira in the resurrection stuff, but it was just with like the Legion and other characters. I'm like, yeah. oh, that would be bonkers. Doesn't mean it can't still happen someday. Someday that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so this is cool. Yeah, real, real quick. Uh, he says we weren't actually going to do giant size one shots. They were going to be five annuals written by me, just in the other Dawn of X books. But he felt that it would be weird to have uh, uh, these one, these giant one shots <laughs> in each of these books that sometimes don't even feature the characters that are in those books. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it'd be cool to use the old name of giant size, which is a recognizable, uh, important name to X Men because that's where uh, giant size X Men. The new X Men were introduced. Yeah, where Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, all of them were introduced in giant size. So like, this is like a big like, hey, this is a a uh, like a stepping on point and where we're going to take the character from from here on and i'm writing all of them yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's awesome when when do the giant size x-men start uh gene gray 
and is out. Emma, no, it's not because I would have bought it. Right. Uh, I was, was going to say, been, I ha- I've been, been buying all the X Men comics, so yeah. I, I haven't picked up any. Yeah, you've been posting all those variant covers, and you're talking about how badly you need what money for t- those. Is today's date? Uh, today is the 23rd. 23rd. February 26th, Jean Grey and Emma Frost. Okay, so out. this okay. next week Hot they start. dog, I might be buying some variants. Uh, <laughs> that must be why on Comixology right now there's a giant Jean Grey Emma Frost sale. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just so you know. Good. No, I'm telling you, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Um, I'm a fan of digital comics. We all have read and watched Lock and Key. Uh, True. There's a new Lock and Key comic coming out from Joe Hill. Uh, Lock and, and, and Gabriel Rodriguez. Hey, I was going to say that afterwards, but oh, yeah. Okay. Gabriel Rodriguez and yeah. Joe Hill. Um, Lock and Key, colon, Hell and Gone. That's it. Hell and Gone? Hell and Gone. Hell and Gone. Got it. And oh, gone. not Hell and Oh, I'm sorry. A Sandman universe crossover event. This is cool. This is interesting. I didn't know how to take it at first because I'm like, I mean, like, there's no reason why it couldn't. <laughs> well, that's, so so it's it's it's. I think it's pretty pretty great. Yeah. Joe Hill has been working with uh, DC. He's got the Hill House comics at DC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and IDW loves crossing over DC comics. Uh, they do it all the time. Um, these two make a whole lot of sense. And we talked about like like I mean they couldn't do like Superman shows up at Key House. Yeah. Like so, Sandman, yeah, Sandman at Key House, like that's so cool. The, the, it's like um, the the thing that that IDW posted was like, if you think you can lo- unlock the gates of hell and just invite yourself in, you must be dreaming. That's awesome. So, so yeah, th- there's so many keys that we that we possibly don't know about. So it's yeah. the um, so the um, the cover pays tribute to the very first I- very first issue of the of the book, except it's got the Sandman universe stuff uh, on the top, and the key is actually the key to hell from Sandman. That's cool. So that's really that's really exciting. Uh, I, I love I love intercompany crossovers like that, um, and I think this makes a whole lot of sense. And the uh, the interview between them said like uh, this isn't a story that like they like they wanted us to do. It's like we we thought this was a cool idea, and like we were good enough nice enough to, like be able to tell it. Yeah. Like this is like an organic thing. It's not like uh, we should do this thing. Yeah. Like that's awesome. They have a good idea here. Yeah. Um, that's it for comics in the world of comics. Um, Are you can, sure? Do, I think do, something else big happened this week. I don't, I feel, no, there's only I one feel, X-Men title. I feel like something really, really big happened. You know, it was it was such a small week for comics. Do oh. you know what C.B. Cebulski stands for? What is C.B. Comic C. B. books Cebulski. No. <laughs> no, it's not true. I don't know what it stands, <laughs> I don't know what it stands for. Uh, speaking of C.B. Cebulski, <laughs> yeah. Ben was right. Dan Didio, the published, one of the co-publishers of DC Comics, has left DC Comics effective immediately. I will tell you why. Because he stops by this podcast every Sunday to randomly just like voice an opinion for five seconds. Like, that's, that's what are you taking so much time out of your day, Dan? You need to go back to your job. That's why he got fired. Right. Well, well he, he wouldn't say no. Or did he leave? Okay, so here's the... So yes. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. It's good. <laughs> so here's so here so the very first articles that were coming out was saying that he was removed, and then it was said that he left. Now, okay, I'm sorry. Both are bad. <laughs> this is not he. This is not his decision. Not he did not, not up and leave DC Comics without warning, without a statement. That DC has released no statement. He was doing interviews about the five G st- or the G stuff. He was getting but... ready to launch the the generations one yeah. shots. Five G was coming. It's Wally his, West is idea. stuck in Manhattan. This is like he's been so hung up on all this shit. And so there's also been really no talk of why this happened. Um, I think it happened. We were talking to Sparks. Uh, I think it happened on a Friday. So they have to wait. So they have till Monday to really talk about it. Cause they're like, we just don't want to talk about it. There's not going to be a press release over the weekend. Yeah, no yeah. way. Well, there wasn't a press release either. No, no I'm th- saying, I'm saying there on a won't Friday. be a press release yeah. until Monday, uh, Monday yeah. or sometime this coming week. There will be a press and release. It's probably this week. be a really formulaic, like, Oh, we have decided to leave ways yeah. and we love Dan and like part Jim, way. Jim, Bullshit. 
Jim Lee is still the is still is now the only publisher at DC Comics, um, and he's still also chief creative officer. Now I said there was no really. There was no really talk of why this happened. A lot of people were saying best wishes, you know, and whatever. A lot of people were saying this this is really great. Yay, Wally West is alive. Um, I'm kind of in there. Yay, Wally West is safe. There's there are both spectrums of of comic creators. Like that's what I was looking for because like fans like they have their own opinions, but like Absolutely. creators like oh, yeah. you know, half the comic creators that I follow are like, hey, uh, Dan and I did not get along, and the way he made comics was not how I made comics. Like yeah. John Layman is famously like if you follow John Layman, he is very anti Dan Didio. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, he had a very small stand on Detective Comics ne- uh, when the New Fifty Two happened. Book. Great book. Never came back to DC. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, hey, maybe now I can work for DC. On the other side, there are people like Joshua Williamson. He's like, I everything that's ever happened is because of Dan Didio. Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. Gail Simone. Yeah. Um, um, Scott Snyder. Yeah. Like, um, Scott like, Sni- so, so Scott Snyder uh, has he hasn't said anything, but okay. So Bleeding Cool has uh, through whichever whatever they they did is the only thing I could find. Uh, whatever connections they have seem to have released a, a kind of potentially why this why this could have happened, and a lot of it is that he uh, overstepped a lot and got his hands in books a lot of the times, tried to pull out things. But what the biggest thing was that he and Scott Snyder started butting heads oh. because of death metal. Oh, interesting. Dan Didio, much like Dan did with uh, Flashpoint, wanted death metal to lead into 5G. Mm-hmm. was going to be like the dawn of 5G would be death metal, whereas Scott Snyder wanted it to be a, a, a book looking back and paying tribute to the 85-year history of DC Comics, whereas Dan wanted it to be like, no, 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 5G. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, 5G. Thank so. you. <laughs> I was like, Dan, you don't have a job anymore. Come on. Um, so he, so I guess they started to butt heads on that one, and I think Scott Snyder won out in the end. Um, which is why there's no mention of death metal in the upcoming free comic book day issue mm. uh, because of that. Obviously, we, we, we've got the feeling that, D- that Jeff Johns has been unhappy with, with, with DC Comics right now, probably because of Dan. Now, we've, had, we've voiced our own opinions on Dan Didio. Mm-hmm. I know last week you were even saying that, or one of you guys, I want to say Sparks. I willed this to happen. No, it's yeah, funny because no, I was like, we were just say, talking about someone this. Someone was saying Dan Didio needs to get out of comics. I want to yeah. say it was either Brandon or it Sparks who said that. It was Brandon. It was, yeah. was Brandon, yeah. I see this right. on Twitter all the time, too. So like, I mean, I think yeah. we were just reiterating the point that we, we all wanted him to not have a say over all the DC stuff anymore. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, it's the, it's the thing that... that um, David Tennant did to get the prime minister out of office. Don't you think he looks tired? Uh, <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Well, <laughs> like, like uh, deep d- Doctor Who cut. Um, but, no, I got you. But he, he's a he's a, and here's the thing. He's great. He's always been in a in a position of power at DC Comics, and he's made some great comics and some good decisions. Jeff Johns' entire Green Lantern runs because of him. Grant Morrison's entire Batman run because of him. Tom King's Batman run. Also Tom King leaving Batman. So it's like, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a win-lose. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, that's a double-edged sword right there. It's like, um, hey, good things and then he, you're going to cut yourself. So like, so like there's tons of stuff that he's that he's been responsible for that are good. Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. Um, some of those new 52 books are great. Yeah. Swamp Thing. Um, yeah. But then he just kind of got hung up on like the how is Wally West a, a teenager? How is Dick Grayson as old as Batman, how does all this timeline things make sense? Like he got so, so hung up on the wrong things. So I just had to be like, look, dude, step down. Yeah. Time for some new blood. I don't think Jim Lee's the new blood I wanted. Ironic, <laughs> since that's his uh, mindset about the comic characters themselves. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think Jim Lee's the one I I, I would have liked. But you know, he, it looks like he'll be the publisher going forward for now on. Uh, for now, new. for now at least, like uh, and like there was a mass exodus. I didn't even notice there was a mass exodus of just DC editors that just oh, yeah? left DC a couple months ago mm. because they were so frustrated with Dan. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going around about you know 
is this is this AT and T related? Is nope. this them wanting to cut nope. down on the company? Is this well, someone you know, fired him? It's probably AT&T. Uh, no, yeah, but like they're gonna shut down comic books. Like that's that that's not even an argument. Uh, but there's you know there's all kinds of like reasons and things going around. I think like I I'll hold to what I told Ryan, which is that I didn't want him to be in charge anymore i didn't necessarily want him to be unceremoniously kicked out of the company yeah Same. that's not what i wanted some a comic book creator <clears throat> i follow was just like there are ways to let your employees leave your company yeah this was not it yeah yeah well, yeah there's, no, some, the, there's we'll something the, the full story one day and i was like and and i was like uh, before well we still don't really know we still don't really know and i was like is assault involved because that's kind of the only like like harassment levels kind of stuff is kind of the only way i see this i don't going the way that it did no but that's what i mean is that like that's the only time that it feels like this kind of booting out is warranted and this either like assault sexual assault or something to spend like months of arguments and then like one final argument i was like oh i'm leaving like, like, you know, like he, he yeah. never, sh- like, I obviously don't know him. And of course, like we, like we don't work with him, but like everyone who's worked with him seems to see he's a really nice guy. He's right, a, like, yeah, yeah. a loving family. Blah, I mean, blah, and, like, and the people have been talked about, like I, I met his wife. Um, one of the things that, so when I, when I used to work at Oster Comics, he came by as soon when they moved to Burbank. And uh, one of the things that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I think about it a lot was during the, the era. So after New 52, they did DCU. Oh yeah. Um, if, if you Superman guys, on a bicycle. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, uh, Jim Gordon was Batman. If you guys remember a lot of that, that's good though. Uh, that's a really good. That was, really that, good. I liked that. That part I liked. Superman. One of the books that I, so much. One of the one of the books I really liked was a book called Gotham Academy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I love that book. I really enjoyed that book, and I really liked the creative team. I followed them to Isola, and when he came into the shop, it was around the time the DCU it was almost finishing its first year, um, and I, I mentioned I really liked Gotham Academy, and he said, "Yeah, but I don't." Uh, oh, oh, good. I don't really see the longevity in the book, though. He said that at a comic shop. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Uh, now, mind you, I'm, I was an employee there, but like, I just told you I liked a book that you're publishing, yeah. and you just told me that it can't last. Yeah. Like, what is? That's, that's the a, see. That's just the wrong mindset. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's a weird way to think about it. Um, I don't know, if, like, like they dictated his thought process yeah. on comics, but it always just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. You know what's uh funny about that? Like, uh, you don't see the longevity of these books, like um books like Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen. Like uh, I talked to Steve Lieber at at the last convention because like I was worried a book like Jimmy Olsen would not last because right. like it's how how could it honestly and he's like no like I got promised twelve issues we're doing twelve issues it, it could sell one comic I got paid and I'm like that's awesome so uh, it frustrates me that like I think I think Bendis had a lot of leeway getting his friends involved like Matt Fraction he definitely and, and did. Greg yeah getting them back and like hey get my friends these books and please don't cancel them for at least like a year just give them a year and Dan's like yeah okay sure. Uh, uh, but you have other books uh, that you get that uh, get canceled immediately. Yeah, it, this whole five G thing. What he was, and then five G. Whatever he was trying to do, I think probably you're you're right that there was a, a blow up. It it, just, it feels like this is this is AT and T removing him and not him like leaving in a huff. Yeah. Um. Because again, the initial the initial reports were saying that he was removed yeah. from office. Yeah, and I doubt he would want to leave. Yeah, I I don't think he I don't think leave. he'd leave this way. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's I, I feel that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, but hopefully someday we'll be able to this at least hear. B- this is going to be a big shift in comic books, not for not right now, but uh, in, in a couple of months. Yeah, we're gonna feel the it. ripple effect is going to happen my, soon. My big questions left after this are: Does Jeff Johns get to take control? God, that's the dream. I don't think he wants it, but I want. That's it. what I said. I yeah. said I don't think he wants it. I know. I know that. Maybe he doesn't want it, but like he should do it. Listen, <laughs> see, listen we don't want a Hobbit situation because Peter Jackson should have done it, but does, he he shouldn't have done it though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, but yeah, the, as Ryan said, the, the as Ben says, sorry, the ripple effects will be felt soon. Um, we're not going to see an immediate shift in DC Comics, but hey, for now, the legacy characters aren't on the chopping block anymore. Not yet. Nope. And so. uh, do you think five G still goes? Off the way that it was planned, I don't, I don't, oh. I don't know. I don't. Because I feel like it gets I don't know how far they are. Five G was Dan Didio's baby, and now that he's gone, but it could have, it could have also been Jim Lee, and he's still it, in charge. And, it could have, and or we, well, like we said, we do not know all the inner workings of what's going on in the DC offices right now. But I still feel like Dan Didio was the one who was hard, was pushing for five G hard. Now that he's gone. I don't know. I'm a little scared that's all going to fall, fall apart. Maybe DC can't stick the landing without Dan Didio, or maybe this will just get swept under the rug like how I, I feel I DCU think, is. I think the end is altered. At this I point. do, too. I do, yeah. too. That's the thing, is that I'm like, if if it is about the way he was handling the comics, 5G would have been center of that argument right now uh-huh. about what he was doing, because he was promoting that a week ago. A week ago, last yeah. week, he was promoting all of that lead up. If he was, Age of if he was kicked out of the company for the decisions he was making to comics, yes, five G was at the center of that argument. And yeah, I think they will scrap even things that were already being made if they think they're bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening. We're 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 far enough away that you could I mean, right. Time time will tell what happens, but as of now, I don't think five G is going to go the way we thought it's going to go. No, I don't think so either. Um, all right. Some like trailer 4G. So, <laughs> they'll just stop at 4G. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Some trailer talk. Uh, there was a Westworld season three trailer. Three of us have not seen Westworld season two. Yeah, that's me. I watched it. Uh, but what did you think? Do you want to give your just thoughts? Uh, so I, I wasn't going to watch uh, this trailer because like, I like to go into shows I really, really like uh, kind of blindfolded. Um, but you know on Twitter, like the video just automatically. Yes. Any the first thing you see is something really cool. And I'm like, well, shit, okay. So I just watch it on my phone. And I'm like, oh, man, just like. So, like, you've seen season one, Sparks. Yes. And, like, that show ends. You're like, oh, they're going hard really fast. That's what I feel like this season is also doing. It's just exponentially getting crazier. And I'm like, I'm so glad this is happening. Instead of taking ten seasons to get to, like, uh, like it's three seasons. Like, a robot revolution. Uh, we're getting there, maybe. Like, what the Well, I mean, hell? like, what's the, what's the tagline on the poster? Uh, I don't remember. It's something about gods. Oh, is it? Like, we become gods or something? Yeah, or something or like you're... You, it's basically oh like god. the implication of like your gods are here now. Oh my god! What if they are X Men and they make a Kakoa, a robot Kakoa? Ah! <laughs> yeah, Westworld is really good, you guys. <laughs> um, Shit. You have new. Do you still have now. HBO or is that past? I mean, as long as he lets me oh, have okay. it, give it, give it to him for like five days. I mean, I wouldn't do that. AT and T. I wouldn't just let him have it. He'd Don't have worry, to have I got his own g- account. I would never. <laughs> Just yeah. let someone who doesn't live in my home no, we share. have it. No, Netflix allows sharing. We're sharing. So AT&T, I'm not doing that. No, we're not This just in sparks what he forcibly removed from office. Dude, I don't know how a puppet <laughs> lends someone their HBO account, but it's awesome. Um, some other things that dropped that, 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 dropped that were also um, the trailer for the movie <laughs> Run. Run. Which is the new Sarah Paulson movie. Um, looks pretty interesting. The guy, pretty uh, psychological. Uh, you, you're the only person oh, who's seen Searching. It is by the director of Searching. Yeah. and I think Searching is an awesome movie. Yeah, that's one of the reasons because like I know you're the only person who saw it. And I was like, oh, like I know that movie is apparently good. Yeah. Well, I want to, I want to give this one, one of a chance. The, honestly, one of the best, most, most, uh, best found footage films. Yeah, I like Searching a whole lot. I thought it was excellent. Uh, yeah, um, this is about Sarah Paulson and she's taking care of her daughter who's in a wheelchair. Is it her daughter though? Who knows? Spooky stuff. Um, and this looks really weird and like it reminds me almost like Misery, uh, and I really like Misery. Um, it's got like a, a like a weird. Is Misery the one with the mom? Kathy? No, Kathy Bates. Uh, Kathy Bates. And she it's keeps the a guy King hostage. Story. Yeah. Ask Ben about it. 
Oh, Ben. Oh, we're talking about your best friend this week, Joe Hill. <laughs> they grew up, they grew up together. Yeah, they grew up together. Um, <laughs> what, what, um, what were we talking about? I was talk we were talking about, about Run. Oh, Run. what was that story with the with the mom like made her daughter think she was sick and Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, a, that was a, that was a Netflix show, wasn't it? Was it Netflix or Hulu? Well, it's also so, probably Hulu. a true story. It's, it's a true story. It's a Hulu show based on a true story. Yeah, cuz uh, Fanny watched that. Uh, I I reminded me of this. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that did too. I I got I don't remember what the show is called, but I was like, this reminds me of that one. And story then they killed the mom. That's right. Yeah, they the killed story. the mom. Spoilers. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious what's happening because it's almost like there's alternate realities. It, it looks or like it looks like like she is super drugged up. So like when she's off the drugs, like reality is completely different. Yeah, and yeah. That's yeah. the thing that really excited me. And then the like the trees forming run. Yeah. Yo. Certain just th- things are telling her to run, and she's in a wheelchair, so she can't run. So right. uh, uh, that sucks. Yeah. All the stoplights like run, run. Yeah. Um, props to you trailer on not uh, aggravating me with an overuse of the same line as other trailers can oh yeah mm-hmm. which one? Well, the line in this one is the you need me oh. um, but they I don't feel like they overused it to the point where I'm like okay I'm tired of hearing it mm-hmm. oh yeah other trailers easily have done that before um, next trailer looking at you Columbia or Colombiana, whatever that one was with Zoe. Oh, uh, Zoe Saldana. Columbiana. Zoe Saldana, yeah. yeah you're right. Jesus, I haven't heard Never that. forget where you came from. Let's just say that line 12 times in the trailer. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I haven't, heard, I haven't thought of that in years. Um, That's a movie? I wish it I is. could forget. <laughs> I'm not okay with this, the new new trailer. What are you not okay with? This, this new trailer this. called I'm not okay with this. Oh, you're not okay with the trailer? He's not okay with the, I am not okay with this. It's oh, a Netflix okay. trailer. You're not okay with this? Sophia Lillis. Are you doing the repeating the line in the trailer now? I don't forget where you came from. I'm not okay with this. This is the lady from the movie with from the clown. It chapter one. Two it of chapter them. one and two. Two yeah. actors. Yep. And she was just in um, Gretel and Gretel and Hansel. Oh, Gretel I wanted to see that. I forgot yeah. it came Nancy out. Nancy Drew. She was just she was in the Nancy Drew movie. Oh yes, she's true. really good in it. I like that a lot. Um, this looks alright. This looks uh kind of like almost kind of like a generic like. What did you say? Kid gets superpowers. What did you say? Peyton Reed did Carrie. Yeah, well, if you well, uh, I said I said it's like a indie comedy version of Carrie, and then you were like, if Edgar Wright directed, I'm like, no, it's more like if Peyton Reed directed it because it, it it doesn't have like that much style. Who directed Who directed Little Miss Sunshine? Oh, because it's whoever directed Little Miss Sunshine that mm. I'm like, but this that's is, an Oscar winning movie though. No, that but that's what I'm saying is like the style oh, is okay. what it's going for. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like not, minimalistic kind of. Thing. I yeah, I wasn't too crazy about the trailer, but I like Sophia Lillis a lot. I do too. So I'm willing to give this one a shot. I just saw online. Uh, I was like, man, how many like oh, white girls with psychic powers do I need to see? Because <laughs> like, that's <laughs> yeah, true. It's true. Um, Motherland of Fort Salem. Yeah, this is a Yo. freeform trailer. You guys uh, like which is a freeform show? <laughs> Weird. Yeah, so I found no, the trailer Dis- Disney don't give a crap. randomly um, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, and I started watching it, and I was like, oh, this looks sick, and then I saw it from Freeform, and I'm like, say what? So uh, I made Disney you- Disney said yes to so this? So I made you watch it, and then I think you liked it, right? I did. Okay, cool. Uh, and I was like, cool, then we're going to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but it looks like witches are back in full force, and they're going to help save the world from something? Or so, destroy the world? Or I'm not sure. Does good witches, bad witches, maybe? There, there's also like some amount of- like it's called Motherland, and there's yeah. some amount of like fascist yeah. uniform imagery. You and I were watching a different trailer at one point yes. than the one we're talking about, yes. one from and there was definitely like ago. them all standing in like these uniforms that are very like 
fascist. Yes. Uh, they, talk, they talk about like they used to kill us all the time. Like, I wonder child. if like witches have taken over the world and there's like a band of good witches I, doing stuff with humans. I think that's what's up, and I'm really into. That it. makes me more excited now too. The effects. It's very cool. militarized because that's why it's like called Motherland Fort Salem, and yeah. I'm like, dang, this there's is a lot of, something. There's a man lot of in the fire, high castle. There's a lot of fire imagery. Yeah, that looks really cool. Also, even the, the last shot or that has the tile card, the American flag is all pentagrams, mm-hmm. like yes. like devil pentagrams. Uh, that yeah. that opening bit when like the music kicks up, kicks up, and it's just people throwing themselves down to the ground. Suiciding and I'm like, themselves? oh my yeah. god, mm. this is a good trailer. I hope it lives up because like I, I really do too. It's such it looks like a, such a creative idea. I think it's a rich, an original thing too. I think so, so too. Uh, Freeform's been killing it with shows lately, and uh, I hope this is another of that. Yeah, I hope it. I hope it's cool. Uh, and then the final trailer we're going to talk about is one that shocked me coming coming out of a coming out of a um, toy fair. Uh, a lot of cool pops coming out of toy fair. Transformers: colon, War for Cybertron Dash. Siege. Fall in order. It is a new animated series. Uh, is Yo, animated- hold on. Sorry, I l- wanted to look up stuff about uh, Motherland. Motherland. Would you like to know who's executive producing this show? Sure. Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Weird. What? Oh, Adam McKay is good. Yeah. Uh, and Will Ferrell. Interesting. Three young women from basic training in combat magic uh, are moving into early development in a women-dominated world in which the U.S. ended persecution of witches 300 years ago after an agreement. Okay, so witches Whoa. are just hanging out. All right, cool. <laughs> That's cool. All right. I'm gonna Yo, that. I'm all about this. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds nuts. Huh. Um, all right. Anyway, Transformers, War for Cybertron, Roll Siege. It's the first of a three of a three film uh, trilogy that Netflix is putting out animated. War um, for Cybertron. The next one. Um, Siege. No, Downfall. No, we don't know the third Robots. One. This is coming from Rooster Teeth. Oh. What? Well, they they do machinima stuff, so that makes sense. Yeah, this is yeah. coming. From, this is coming from Rooster Teeth. Um, they've they've been branching out a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. they've been. I mean, come Ruby, on, Ruby, baby, Ruby, Genlock, uh, Reverse is blue. I mean, Reverse is blue is the crown jewel. You? But you just what? read this, didn't you? I well, read I, yeah. Ruby Genlock right there. Well, yeah. no, that's what yeah, the thing they made. But also, that's what Rooster Teeth is most famous for. Yeah. Um, all right, so so we got we got our first our first glimpse of Chapter One, Subtitle Siege. Um, it's a twenty. They're going to be twenty two. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not it's not movies. It's a twenty two minute long episodes. Six 22-minute-long episodes, um, which will be the final hours of the uh, of the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. Uh, Jason Marnocha, bless you, playing Me- <laughs> thank you, is playing Megatron, and Jake Fauci is playing Optimus Prime. Cool. So not a lot of not a lot of names we've heard before. The next one is called Earthrise, and then Chapter Three we don't know yet. Earthrise. Um, the animation looks re- looks like it works a lot better for this than it oh, did yeah. for Godzilla. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, it looks so much better with mechanical stuff than uh, fleshy stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I also love how they're all like the the Gen One style. I, I've Hasbro, always Hasbro has been really pushing the Gen. I've one always styles. had a fondness for the Gen One for the Gen One style. I've always had. I've always loved like the Cybertronian redesigns from the video games for for Cybertron and Fall yeah, Cybertron. Yeah, those games too. are dope. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like lo- the uh, I like the Bumblebee designs also. Oh yeah, Bumblebee designs are great. But I, I mean, I still too, like um Ar- the Armada and uh. Su- like you know, the older, the not older, but mid early two thousands cartoons. Called the, it's called the Unicron trilogy. Yeah, that one. Those are still cool designs, but every you see a Gen One Optimus Prime, you know what you're getting yourself into. So the uh, I don't know if you already said it, but the showrunner who's doing this what is moving this? over from the Machinima Prime Wars trilogy. Oh right. Um, so it is the same like creative they, team. They got an upgrade yeah. coming over oh. to Rooster Teeth, like for cool. the most part, like some of the story heads and, and they got more certainly money. the showrunner is the person coming over to do this this 
trilogy. That is really cool. That's awesome. Nice. nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I heard a lot of great stuff from the Machinima series. Uh, the Prime Wars trilogy, I think it's what it's called. I might watch it now because yeah. this thing's coming on. I, yeah. I want to watch. The, I I would love to watch those, but also I have to say I actually good. really like the voices for Megatron Optimus Prime. Obviously, it's not Frank Weller, Welker and Peter Cullen. Bones me out a little bit. Well, why isn't it Peter Cullen? But at the same time, it's because like he, this is like a, like a micro budget by people who live in like a small but, studio yeah, in Texas. Know, <laughs> but you know what? These guys. They, they sound that, fine. Yeah, they sound fine. It's like you know what? I, that is Optimus Prime. That is Megatron Look, in the early between, days of the war. That's fine trans, with me. Between Transformers. Uh, the TV, the original TV series, and the movie. Peter Cullen wasn't Optimus Prime, so true. You know, we had we had like what thirty years without him. Yeah, yeah. we can deal. The sa- I think the I same. Fo- if I if my memory serves me correctly, the same person who voiced Optimus Primal in Beast Wars also kept voicing Optimus Prime all the way throughout. Beast Wars has been getting a lot of a lot of talk lately. Well, yeah, he was the voice of Primal, and then he was the voice of Optimus in Cybertron, Armada. It'd be and nice if they'd bring those uh, Machinima cartoons just to Netflix. It just would. To throw them in there did you guys know it? the Machinima uh, closed down? Yes. I did not. That's, that's why. They're um, still available on Hasbro's YouTube page. Yeah, this was this was apparently, oh. like, this probably would have originally gone there, but then, the, like, they changed deals and moved it with Rooster Teeth over to Netflix. I see. Um... And uh, the voice actors for Megatron and Starscream are the ones returning from that series, Machinima series. That's yeah. cool. Right and on. Uh, the did you already say what the second season's called? Earthrise. Yeah, Earthrise. Yeah. Earthrise. And uh, they're mm. saying uh, that it might be accompanied by tie-in IDW books. That'd be cool. Okay. Ooh. That'd be cool. What are we gonna say, right. Ben? Uh, speaking of Hasbro, they also ha- uh, announced something earlier this week that they're bringing back Tiger Electronics. Do you guys remember those handheld games from back in the day? I do, but I don't know if I... I don't think I care. Anyone wants them? No. Those Unless games were they're not quality because they're shitty. Yeah, I, I don't even want them. And no. one of them is a Sonic game. I don't want that. I, ta- I tagged Ben in this. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> it's the the ones that are now... They're, they're coming out with four of them. You can pre-order them for $14.99 on GameStop right now. Uh, but as we just as we just mentioned, oh. don't. What is it called again? Tiger Beat? What? No, Tiger Electronic Handheld Games. Tiger it's uh, X Men Project X, Transformers Generation Two, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Three, and I'm forgetting the the fourth one. I'm forgetting. It, it. doesn't matter. And I think it's Little Mermaid. Wait a second. Did you say X Men? Yeah, I did say. Isn't X-Men. this? Isn't this? Uh, Shit. It's those old it's LCD games that were just had the. Where you can move oh. to like three sides of the screen. Yeah, you can only like move like up, down, Brand- left, or Brandon right. Brandon has right. a uh, Star Trek of this. All right, I, I might oh. buy this one out of. I got it. Show. I got it for Brandon. I actually, I loved. Uh, <laughs> I played the crap out of the Lion King. One of those when I was. Yeah. A kid. Um, that's, uh, I, that's 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 cute. Essentially, no, I love like, them for like weird nostalgia. Fun. Only yeah. fifteen bucks too. Oh, come on, nostalgia, bitch. Step up. <laughs> I can spend fifteen bucks. <laughs> Because you sent because Sparks, you specifically sent me the Sonic the Hedgehog three one. I'm like, I did. I'm probably someone's probably gonna get this from me at some point in my life. I'm sure they will. I'm pretty damn sure. I I actually had the freaking Sonic 3D Blast one of these back in the day. Fifteen bucks. Hey, they were man. back in the '90s. They were the cheapest alternative to begging your parents for a Game Boy my game. Hand. My parents would have bought bought my brother and I so many of these damn Tiger Electronics toys, so we would shut up about our effing Game Boys. And then they finally caved and gave us a Game Boy. Game Boy is so much better. It is! Oh my goodness, not even a comparison. <laughs> no, it is not. All right, shall we move on to our main topic? Yes. It's time to lock it up. All right, now time for a topic that I think only Ben is qualified to talk about. This is true. We've been waiting for this moment all all year. The entire year we've been waiting. Uh, as you know, Ben is uh, best friends, lovers well, even, no. with Stephen King. What the? What's wrong with you? Oh, no. This is a new development. And... Uh, Obviously, Stephen King's son is Joe Hill, uh, writer of the comics 
yes. Lock and Key. Uh, so, amongst uh, many other things too, but for this specific episode, Lock and Key. Uh, this is the like third Joe Hill adaptation too. So like mm-hmm. he's getting up there with his dad. So Ben, uh, I think you were the. You are uniquely qualified I to introduce. Tell this me about topic. the origins of this comic. I I don't know. Surely you've talked to Joe. About no, this. I have not. I do not know either of them. Do you call him J Dog? No, I do not. I would. <laughs> Did you guys know that was Joe Hill at the end? I figured. He it looks yes. exactly he like looks his exactly dad. Like his dad. He's the ambulance driver at the, in the very end of the last mm-hmm. episode. He looks so much like his dad. It's 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 Stephen King scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I saw that. Damn. I'm like, that has to be Joe Hill. That I has to be. I honestly, no joke. I googled. Oh, is Stephen King in, in this show? Because I thought that was Stephen King. No, I was. He looks that so was much Joe like Hill. his dad. It's crazy, you guys. Mm-hmm. Right. So so all joking aside. All joking uh, aside. We are talking about Lock and Key. How the first season? We all watched the entire first season. So spoilers for the first season of Lock and Key on how Netflix. The, how the first season relates to the first ball. Volume of the graphic novel series. Also, and then, and then just about the show itself. Uh, also, mm-hmm. also uh, spoilers for the entire comic series because this this season of the show does the almost the entire run of the comics. So if you're going to read these comics after this first volume, you're going to know some stuff. So just be be ready for that yeah. too. Yeah. So I I, I want to want to quick, quickly say off the bat, um, I think I like the the show more. Mm-hmm. The show speaks more to my sensibilities as a mm-hmm. as a viewer as a as a as a as a consumer. Yeah. Um, both are great. Um, and the but the show has a has a kind of whimsy to it. Um, but one of the things they are totally th- different. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. one of the one of the main takeaways I think is is that Lock and Key does exactly what I liked about Umbrella Academy, where it takes all the elements that you know, twists them in different ways, so that you don't know if if the things that happen in the comic will happen in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that <laughs> we keep the we keep the, the the thematic relevance of the comic. We keep kind of the core of what the comic is about, and then we build something new with those pieces sure. uh, mm-hmm. it, it, well so it, it keeps the book true mm-hmm. but also its own thing absolutely yeah and I, that's why i really liked about it i think i like the show a little bit more than the book now I, i've only read the first six issues and when i was reading these six issues i'm like wow we're only getting the the ghost key like the first uh episode of lock and key we get the uh we obviously get the anywhere key we get the mirror key the we mirror learn key. about the matchstick key. yeah we learn about the matchstick and we also we get the mirror key the only key that's essentially shown in the first six issues of the book is the ghost key. And they show the they show the bracelet, but it's only a bracelet. Yeah. Well, she gets the anywhere key at the end. Of it. Oh, yeah. And true, the that's identity and key the, too. In the, in the first volume, we do actually we, we see we see the the we see four keys if you count the head key at the end of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Whereas in the show, we get a bunch of keys. Oh yeah, they're fast and loose with them. I love the key designs. Yeah. Oh so yeah. So much that sh- that show. Look. Hey guys, Ready Player One released their keys. Come on, guys, yeah. let's do oh, it, dude! Hell yeah, dude! Yeah. I buy a whole key. A key yeah, set I have all three. I, buy a key I set have all three. I have the whole set of the Ready Player One keys. I wouldn't mind a whole mm-hmm. set of the Lock and Key keys. Those yeah. look rad. Yeah, I, I think I think the the set design. Did you say? Did you, were you speaking of this when you said the set design was awesome? No, I was. That's when we were talking about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. But I mean, yes, I agree on Lock and Key that the house is great. Yes. Oh yeah. Hey guys, which Ashmore's in this? Uh, Sean? Nope. Nope. Aaron? Try again. Oh. Aaron. I knew it. It looks, <laughs> it looks, it looks <laughs> slightly not like him. Yeah. And so I was like, that can't be Iceman. <laughs> okay, okay, so... Yeah. No, it's Aaron. Jimmy Olsen, baby. <laughs> yeah, so it's Jimmy Olsen. Okay. Okay, because... I thought it was Sean Ashmore. See, the older oh. that both of them get, they they both now have gray hair and they have like gray stubble. So I'm like, oh, now they look more alike to me than ever. And I'm like, but it's, there was, it's just not. There enough. was a moment where I was I was rewatching the last episode because Zara just finished it and she she was just like, so I I was like, is that Iceman? She was like, it is, is it right? <laughs> and I was like, 
Is that the I don't know. Surprise, yeah. they're twins. Yeah. They're identical twins. Yeah. Who both became actors. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's real good in this. Yeah, he is. I, I find it very interesting. Sorry, but I find it very interesting the... Um, what they choose to highlight uh, for character stuff, like Sam Lesser is so much more of a real character. Yes. And that's what I really love about the show is like every character who is a bad guy has has their shitty reasons for it. But like you almost sympathize with it because like by the end, you kind of feel bad that Sam dies. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, uh, again, like I haven't read all of Lock and Key, the comics. So I don't know if it goes into that more, but uh, the comic version of Sam and his friend, they're just kind of like, they're kind of just nuts and crazy. They're just batshit crazy. They're just batshit crazy. There's, I mean, a, I do. there's a implied rape sequence that I didn't oh, like. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that yeah, either. Yeah. Um, but the only the thing that I kind of like about comic book Sam a little bit more than show Sam is that comic book Sam, he did not want to go down this road. I mean, obviously he didn't want to go down this road in the show, but in the book, he actually had a bright future. He got a 605 I do on the like SATs. That, yeah. He was trying to. Get, he was about to get into school, but then his his family life being or his home life just being an absolute atrocity, he went down the road of the imagery. Batshit crazy. Yeah. The imagery of Dodge and the Well House is equally as effective in the show as it is in the book. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think uh, uh, Dodge is so cool, especially yeah. when Dodge gets the mirror and you actually see the reflection. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dodge's mirror. This Dodge's reflection. I wish there. Was, I wish that aspect of the sh- it was in the show. It's not like a like a deal breaker thing, but like I wish we could have saw like what she really looked like. And you, you know mm-hmm. what? I don't. We, obviously, we only read the first volume of the book, mm-hmm. so I don't know how the head key operates in the book. But I really appreciated. It's in, completely different. Yeah. I really. I really like in the in the show that they are like, oh, in order to activate the head key, you need to put it in the back of someone's neck or uh-huh. the identity key and under the chin. Uh, right. So you don't need a door to activate these keys. These keys are for just kind of a significant thing. I really like that. It added a, a really interesting design wrinkle to the to the to the series that I thought just added to the whimsy of it all. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think um, for the most part, let's focus more on the comic, and we'll we'll cover. I think there's a lot of breadth of the show that we're yeah, going to talk about. The comic covers so little, to be honest. Correct. Yeah. To the, um, like, we can talk about it comparatively, but shocked at how little the comic covered. I was I was too. blasting through. I think I read all six issues in I feel like less than an hour. No, yeah, yeah it's definitely it, it, those, brisk, bo- yeah. those books are like quick. It's, it, the art it focuses a lot on the art, which I really. I appreciate. mean, the art is beautiful. Um, Gabriel Rodriguez, his art is uh, phenomenal in these books. I love his art style. And oh god, what was what was I gonna say? I, I the the art is in the books is beautiful, but I also love how the show takes these um designs. Like when we do see the head key, is like, hey, that looks exactly like the key, um, the prop that they made for the show. I like how the show went to the books and took all the like the minute I details. Think the, I think the identity key is the is the one that doesn't look like it's it's yeah. comic book counterpart because no. they just changed the they changed what the key can do completely. Yeah. yeah. Um to real quick tell you what the head key does. Um it just opens your head and you see a tiny oh. you see a tiny version of of basically like the giant mall but just inside your head. So it just opens up your head. Uh and okay. I read an interview with Carlton Cuse and 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 uh, Joe Hill when adapt because Joe Hill helped help write this and stuff. Right. Uh, he, he wrote like, the pilot. He wrote the pilot. And he's like, I wanted to have the same idea, but but it is a comic book. You cannot do what we did in the comic and make it look as cool as we thought this new idea was. And it ostensibly is the same thing. Yeah. It's the same idea, just in a different in a different way. Right. Uh, so I think uh, that idea is super cool still. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. Um, like the identity key in the comic, uh, which is just like the sex key or something. Like it, it changes change, your gender. It changes your gender. Um, you have to go through a door and then you come out. That like like that's cool in a comic, but in a show, you want something a little bit more visual, a little I, more yes. dynamic. Yeah. I don't mean this as a slight on the comic. I really don't. But it's rare that I find 
the show adaptation more visually imaginative. Yeah. Than these first six fair, issues again. are. Now, I know it's just the first six yeah. issues, and I grant that, but just with some of the same concepts they're playing with, yeah. I'm impressed with how how much broader the show is with its color, mm-hmm. with its uh, versatility for its sets, um, just the way that it translates some of the images. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the comic, uh, when he turns into a ghost, it's a ghostly outline, which mm-hmm. is cool and totally fine on its own. They turn him into this like pixelated mesh yeah. mesh that I kind of like on the too. show, uh, this distortion distortion mm-hmm. uh visualization they easily could have made him like a you know just a few lines or mm-hmm. something like that um the the imagination on display on the screen is impressive especially yeah. Yeah. considering you're, the source you're, you're right the comic has a, a muted palette of colors mm-hmm. yeah uh, they don't utilize color a whole lot uh, uh, like popping yeah. um and the but the show does right I, I i noticed that too but i uh, like i still like the the comic it's just it, it's not often that i find the show more visually dynamic yeah yeah i agree with yeah that. i agree with that wholeheartedly yeah. oh yeah um yeah the, the comic does have a lot of like when did this comic come out like 2008 2008 mm-hmm. yeah, it feels 2008 yeah um it kind of feels in, in, about in the in, in the realm of like we've got an implied rape sequence we mm-hmm. have uh sam gives a trucker a blowjob yeah like <laughs> like that sort of thing is like okay I the boys the boys was coming out around this time yeah, yeah like yeah. we're trying to be edgy we're trying to be we're trying to be whatever yeah i, I get it um that sort of thing i'm it's just time period, but there's a lot of like what they're doing uh, as far as like Dodge goes and the, and the comic was really fascinating. Um, how, how she is like stuck in the well. Mm-hmm. Like I got the impression in the show that she was, um, that she, she, her, her power was, she was getting more powerful as Bodhi talked to her, which is why she, which is why we see her, vo- it's just her voice the first time. Yeah. And the second time we see her silhouette. And the third time we see her. And Almost like, like she's she's slowly like actually mm-hmm. gaining back a connection to yeah, the real it's, world. It's yeah. still not clear exactly how the concept of trapping her there works show or I th- otherwise. I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, the way I interpreted it was, was the echo key, right? Yeah. Uh, once you're trapped in that well, like she probably could jump up at it any time. She just didn't need to. Like until like the right moment, because like she knew she couldn't escape. So like, why even? Why yeah, even go up there? The the echo key brings you back, but only in that well house. Yes, it's basically yeah. like a like a ghost prison. Yeah, like a but demon you, prison. But if you have the anywhere key, you can escape. Yes, because mm-hmm. it could take you literally anywhere. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which also, I, I, it also I'd take like that. It also brings you back to where you were when you died. The anywhere key? No, the echo key. Oh, I was talking about the anywhere key. Oh, well, yeah, but I was like, because that was one of the things that I was confused about when I was watching the show. Is like, who is this person exactly? What are when, they? What you mean when Lucas came? When when it's revealed that Lucas came back, but it's, yeah, but it was actually Dodge. Yeah, yeah. that that was a like. Oh, I thought there was like. Oh man, is there like resurrection stuff going on? Like, mm-hmm. wh- are we going like a completely different direction? Are they setting up stuff for the next season? When the, when um when I, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the 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 parent the the previous generation of key key wielders yeah. key masters what do they call themselves keepers of the keepers, keepers of the, of the keys. keys uh was really interesting in the show um we don't get a lot of it in the in the comic again that um, a lot of this stuff is later like later on yeah, yeah. i thought that was, i thought that was really cool how it handled in the show um well, we'll talk about that later sorry i wanted to yeah. talk about uh just... yeah um i found it like i i I think I'd read the first issue, maybe two of Lock and Key a long time ago mm-hmm. and then just didn't follow through. And uh, so I, I watched the show for the most part before really finishing these six issues of the comic. Me too. And um, there's just a lot of things that, that translate for me better. But one thing that from the comic I really wish kind of was better handled in the show because I don't, 
now that the season's done, I just never really get on board with it, is what they're doing with the mom, with Nina. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I just never really get on board with whatever is going on with her. I guess I would have if it had felt like there'd been some kind of conclusionary arc of why she has to be so absent-minded. And everything. I mean, I understand like the they're adults, so they forget kind of thing. But like, I, I, I just oh, are you talking about the magic stuff or the or the alcoholism? <clears throat> I'm talking about the magic stuff and okay. the alcoholism to an okay. extent because like she just comes, her character gets reduced to like being out of place uh, yeah. most of the season, yeah. and that's hard to stick with. But then like she has to be competent and cognizant whenever she's not involved with stuff with the kids. But if she's around the kids, she's got to be spacey and absent minded. And I'm like, I just don't feel like it ever. Yeah. Resolves I, I would, itself in a way that's satisfying. I'm. I feel like, especially at the end of the sh- near the <clears> end of the season, the show, a lot of characters became really dumb. My my point. Oh, yeah, yeah. My point being that I really like Nina in the comic. Mm-hmm. I really oh, like yeah. Nina ki- who walks with a cane and has a more "I've just been through some shit" uh, attitude mm-hmm. and is taking things on. Uh, head on I like that drive of that character a lot more now it's not totally fair to compare six issues of a comic to an entire season of a show necessarily but just the attack on Nina right out of the gate feels so strong uh, in a way that I feel the show ambles around and doesn't really decide on a on a center point of who she is and how strong she can be uh, I can't disagree with your your points there but I uh, I didn't feel that at all like at all, uh, uh, I thought this is a woman who just lost her husband, and she's trying to do the best thing for her kids, and she is trying to stay sober, and then, and then, and it's hard really, for her to I keep really her emotions like, in check. I really like the wrinkle that if she is not sober, she can remember the magic. Yeah, like yeah. like almost being like in a in a sillier state of mind helps you remember magic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of like it kind of like makes a more tragic underline underline to her. Exactly. Um, yeah. I was a little confused about the star key. Which one's the star key? The star key is the one that they put in the tree, and then Duncan's memories show up. Um, oh. So that's just uh, they they don't go into it a, a lot in the show, but uh, it's just like it's like I guess a memory removal key, I guess. It, but, but they don't explain it, and no. so it's like if it's a really weirdly specific key. Then yeah. if it's just we put it in a tree, and then Duncan's memories are here. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of Duncan just isn't isn't played with enough on the show. Yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. immediately like in this book in the first six issues a lot. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. he's left he's left just for like weird. Weird moments, like the, the I, I will say, comes, like uh, overall, I'm very positive on the show. Yeah, the pacing of it feels very strange. I agree in a lot of beats, um, especially like with the way. On on the one hand, I'm very happy to do like the oh yeah, let's skip ahead because everybody knows genre television. Everybody understands how this goes. Let's skip past the point of like oh, what's this weird magic stuff? And I'm like yeah, but now the kids feel like w- really easy to just go along with this crap, and I don't understand it. I th- I don't have <clears throat> a problem with it that much. It, it, but it's it's a it's a how quickly they adapt into this is our life now and, and are flowing through it in a situation where they're in this new place already, new living space, new people in their lives, and then that added on. And they, they're, again, coming from the perspective of people who watch a lot of genre television, you almost don't want to go through those beats over and over again. And I, and I appreciate that aspect of it, but it also makes a weird kind of skipping beats of what should be logical character development. I, I, I see what you're saying. To piggyback, to piggyback off of that, one of the things I did actually really enjoy is that when Tyler and Kinsey start to like push Bodhi out, yes. and then Bodhi like, says, like, I'm the one who found them. Yeah. I'm right. the one who brought Stop them pushing to me you. Out. Stop yeah. pushing yeah. me out. Right. I agree. I really liked Bodhi's agency in that moment. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I like that sequence. I think that sequence plays really well in the show. Um, I like all the actors a lot. Me too. Same. Yeah. Me too. I like all the actors. I love Rufus. 
Yeah, which, dude. Which one's Rufus? Oh, yeah, Rufus. Rufus. I like Rufus, Allie's too. Kid. Played by uh, a character, uh, an actor with uh, autism. Yeah. That's cool. I, I really like the, the whole posse. Um, with yeah, the fe- the fear thing never gets resolved in the sh- in the yeah, show. Yeah, that's one thing that yeah. I was like, you probably didn't really need that to, to the fear thing to come back at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it when it show when it shows up uh, behind um, Eden, Eden. Yeah, uh, that's uh, actually a pretty scary moment for me. I was like, oh shit. Um, but it comes at a weird point. Yeah. That's the thing is like I don't even know that it didn't need to happen in the show. And this is another thing where I say like just the pacing of ha- of events is odd. And when f- they decide to bring the fear back after Eden, it it doesn't feel correlated to anything. But it also it's just like uh, we need this here. It drama. also doesn't it doesn't resolve. No, I agree. I'm, that's that's I'm at a, I'm at a because I was kind of I like to show a lot of but I have a lot of problems. But I don't know. This is one of the few times where I'm not sure why there's I don't like it as much. And it feels like to me like either the show needs to be longer or shorter. Like the length that it's at, I think a lot of the high school stuff honestly could have been cut out. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think some of those characters are great, but I think if you you could focus more on the kiosk characters and do a lot more of that stuff, like it ends in such a weird way. I agree. Like I like the ending, but it ends on like this cliffhanger. I'm like, uh, I kind of wish this just kept going. Coming coming from the comic route, like I can't disagree. I I liked when it's more zero focused in on the family stuff, yeah. and I feel like you're allowed to like the comic at least feels like a portraiture of a family in grief, mm-hmm. and the show abandons that concept rather early. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of exploring those ideas. That is one thing I really like about the comic like all those characters like they, they sing on uh, uh, each issue of like what they're going through yes. and like the stuff Kinsey goes through like she always like and Tyler always sees uh, uh, the way he he uh, uh, oh no wait a second hold on hold on guys um, help me here um Kinsey uh, was hiding up on the roof, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so she constantly was always seeing that, and then Ty and Tyler was holding on to the pillow, or is that Kinsey as well? No, that's Kinsey no, that's holding Kinsey. on to Bodie. Got it. Yeah. And but Tyler, Tyler is seeing Sam. Yeah, yeah. Seeing he's Sam. seeing beating yes. Sam. That's bloody. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So they con- they are constantly seeing uh, their bloody past, and I'm like, I wish there was more trauma in the show. Yes, I agree. I I think that not only that, I feel that although I like the plot idea of it, again, it feels unresolved with the fear thing that you're talking about. Kinsey's able to almost sidestep dealing with her own trauma and then it's never circled back to again yeah. there's never a point where like oh i need to actually accept my fear and make it part it. of me or anything like that that's just left to to dangle yeah and that's that's an issue um it's acknowledged that like tyler is having a lot of repressed issues that he's not coming out about and that would have been fine if it was clearly acknowledged in the moment when sam is there which i i kind of like this change in the show from the comic when sam when it's revealed that like he thinks that sam did it because he told him to yes yeah and all, of, gonna, Tyler, kill all dad, of Tyler yeah. makes sense in that point of view on the show. And once he learns from Sam that didn't happen, those issues should kind of uh, change. And uh, there should be an emotional shift there for, for Tyler. And that doesn't quite happen all the way on the show. Um, and uh, But I do kind of like in the comic that that's straight up, that is what happened. That yeah. That is what, and Tyler has to live with that. And yeah. uh, that's, that's rough too. Um, because that's also like, on the one hand, I was like, wow, when I read the comic, I'm like, dang, that's harsh. After having seen the show, I'm like, dang, that's harsh. That that is exactly why he killed his dad. And I'm like, but at the same time, like, if you're going to say a sentence like that. Even, if you're, even if you're joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. dude, that's not. It's not cool. Yeah. But all, all this all this said, and I did like, I did, I do like the comic. Um, I like the show. I like the show more. If I read the comic in 2008, I don't think I would have kept going. But having seen the show, and I don't think I'll actually, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to read the rest of it. Um, but you got to get to that Sandman crossover, baby. Yeah, this, this, this I'm sure I'll be a good yeah, yeah. start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm chomping at the bit for season two. Yeah. 
Like I, I don't know if I would keep going with the comic, but I really want to keep going with the show. Yeah. I, I want more of the show, but I'm very disappointed that they didn't that they left it in the cliffhanger state that they did. Oh yeah. yeah. Can don't we, can we talk I, about it? Uh, yeah. well of course. Yeah, any, and let's let's uh, uh the art on the comic is really great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I really like I, I do think that those establishing first six issues are really strong, and I think what sells that comic so well to me is that it does feel like that very personal story about this family going through trauma. And that I think remains the thing that the comic holds over the show. Yes. Um also one of my favorite moments from the comic is when Bodhi's very crafty and uses the ghost key to go visit her in the well before he engages further with oh, her. Oh, I did like that. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I thought that was really cool and smart of him. I really enjoyed that. All right, I guess we can, for the most part, other than referring back to it, leave the comic behind and go into the show. Yeah, I... Um, never trusted Gabe. I kept waiting for the other two to drop. Yeah, never trusted Gabe for once. <laughs> the as, second as, Gabe as, started always going along with Kenzie's ideas, I'm like, hold up. Now, I didn't, now, I didn't, I didn't think it was... I, I didn't think it was Dodge until when they threw, when they throw Ellie out, out, out of the door, I was pretty sure, like, that was Ellie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I didn't get that. Yeah. The yeah. second they, the second they threw, I'm like, so no. I the second I was like, something's off. Is the second when they see uh, Dodge on the floor and they ask, "Where's the crown? Where's the crown?" Yeah. And I'm like, mm. okay, now you guys are being really dumb. It, it was for me like she throws him out. I was like, that was definitely Ellie. And so like, I kept waiting for the next half hour because it happens uh, halfway through the episode. I kept <laughs> waiting for the next half hour. I was like, okay. When's the shoe gonna drop? Yeah. When are where's we, Dodge? Because that obviously isn't Dodge. Yeah. yeah. When are we going to see too. where Dodge? And then when when Gabe when we we're following Gabe for a while, I was like, oh, even you even just a little before mother. that, I started going, it's Gabe. Gabe's Dodge. I've, I've disliked Gabe the whole time. Of course, he isn't real. <laughs> and also, the second you saw the bullets coming out of the door, out of the Omega door, it's like someone's gonna get hit. Yeah. They, someone's they gonna get hit. They didn't show it. At and first, then of course yeah. you see Eden getting hit with it. I'm like watching. So watching it. the watching it again, I looked for I looked for it as they close the door. Eden like braces against the wall, like she's just like, and then Gabe goes to like comfort her, like, "Hey, you okay?" Mm, good. So, so I was like, "Oh, at least they." Good. At least they knew. And it, um, it's weird because I don't think it's a good way to end it, but I actually really like the I actually like the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like I think it's I think it's uh, shot really well, and just like him smiling on his bike as we recap the whole show. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is a twist I actually didn't see coming. Good let job. Me, let me be clear. Uh, I'm not anti the the like concept of what's happening in yes. the show or anything. I'm anti them leaving it that way. Uh, with so much else that was left on the table for the main characters unresolved. Yes. If they don't know they're getting another season, which they've openly talked about them being nervous about, and like, then if you're really nervous, you're not getting renewed. Have some closure. Don't don't go this route. This is way too well. Sequel time. Mo- t- most things aren't finished. Yeah. Uh, like at least have the family have come out the other end of some of their arcs mm-hmm. before you're going to put this kind of slapped cliffhanger on there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not. We're not clear. There's, we're not clear of a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope it does get a second season. Oh yeah. So oh, same. I. Yeah. Um, I, I was a little worried. I was a little worried that we were like, oh wait, because we don't find any more keys after we find um the Omega key, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, that's we, near the end of that. Yeah, we find we, we 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 find what do we find? Like eight keys? Sure. Um, so there's a lot. And so I kept kind of waiting, like, oh, are we gonna find more keys? Like, what other keys could be there? I was like, oh man, did we find all the keys? And then like I saw, I saw the 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 the, the comic has a, like a spiral of keys. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God, there's more keys. Oh, there's plenty of keys, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Some of them, 
some of them are are I always kind of find funny to be weirdly specific where it's like we can control people if we have this music box with this key and it's just like yeah like yo, that's specific yo the medicine cabinet one yo when Sam was in the house I'm like somebody just go get the dang music box key what are you doing yeah, oh, yeah. you know what oh, that's what we were I didn't even think okay, about that okay so Faye and I we binged the last few episodes last night so and when I. Sam showed up in the house she was yelling at the TV like get the music box key. Tell them to do something. You ha- you can control other people. Didn't think about or it. when Sam keeps, or when he keeps dropping his gun, we keep yelling, "Grab the gun!" Th- there's there's some amounts of like just like really forced character stupidity in the show that are oh, hard yeah. to get past. And yeah. one of them is is when they send uh, Ellie away. No, with what, the key, what, what the shadow key that it's controls like, the crown of shadows. To go get the crown of shadows. I'm literally yeah. yelling at the TV. He's like, "Leave the key with the locks. Get the damn yeah. crown, and then come back." Also, I said the same thing. Oh, no, uh, that's like that's like so mind-bogglingly it's like, you dumb. dumb yeah. I can't I can't even like who does that? And also, I'm not gonna lie. Part of me kind of hates, and also part of me kind of loves the "Hello Darkness, my old friend" joke. Right? I like that a lot. I like because like "Hello Darkness," I was like, if he doesn't say I, "my old friend," I'm going to riot. I liked it. By the way, the shadow demons looked awesome. They, I, they did. The shadow demons looked great. Such when, a cool effect. When 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 they were turning on the lights and they would just like snap out of existence. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's, that's pretty even, cool. Even awesome. the shadow version of Dodge looked yeah. good. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, of course, when uh, when Bodhi grabs his like little pastel lightsaber and stabs Dodge with the, with the magic key, and then they find the button, and they're like, "Where's the crown?" I'm like, guys, it's not really her. She. If you have a crown that controls shadows, you're holding on to that damn thing. You're not gonna let that shit just fall off your head. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. The, the, for for a show where like they decided it's smart if we like split up the keys in case Dodge shows up before to decide oh no like send her to go get the crown with the key that can control the crown oh and, le- and where, you know where Dodge know. is like, you know what? that Dodge is there yes. yeah like Stupid. the second at that they point, left because at that point they know that Lucas is Dodge it drama started, it started getting predictable at that point which mostly like this whole show like the whole mystery behind why did Joe die why did um what really happened to the keepers of the keys like when they see that memory Duncan's memory of Randall killing Lucas it's like what really happened and as the things start time it's like oh okay this is cool but oh, then the yeah. characters start getting really really dumb the, the flashbacks to the to when uh, Lucas killed their friends was really tragic yeah it was it's like I, oh, I love all the all, all that, flashbacks I, all that I did stuff, too me too me all too. that stuff was great but then the characters got really stupid yeah they got really dumb and it just like yeah, out. there's a, there's an amount of like the kids learning these important facts about their dad and about his group of friends, but they don't want to to learn about it. No, they're just like, oh man, gotta live with that now. It's like, great, yeah. and it's dad. like, wait, what? You're not gonna like even question this? They're all nonchalant about it. Yeah. They really are. Like Tyler and Lindsay, and you can argue that Lindsay, uh, sorry, thank you, Kinsey gets away with it because of getting rid of her fear. Yeah. But like, there's a there's a ambivalent attitude towards a lot of things they're dealing with after about the f- second episode that I find really. Are you talking about when Kinsey goes to the caves? No, I'm just talking about the sh- across the series in general. There's this. Uh, there's just this like not taking it as seriously as they should attitude that's going on between both of them. Um, and Tyler is constantly rewarded for acting like an asshole and I can't get over it. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Like and, when he goes to the day rager instead of going to Jackie's 5k, it's like, and Yo. immediately, immediately like, okay, forgive it because was, Sam then, showed up at your Sam house and we're not going like, to address that you're being an asshole. It's like, didn't he cheat on Jackie? Yep. Nope. Yeah. And with, then, and with Dodge. Oh, with Dodge. Yeah. And then, and she's just like, it's cool. Constantly rewarded for being Probably an asshole. Probably because well, he, she didn't. Didn't, he didn't. She doesn't know. 
Yeah, she doesn't know that. She part. doesn't know, but I mean, like the sh- mm. the show in its writing is constantly rewarding Tyler for being a dick. Yeah, even though it says you can't be a good guy and an asshole at the I same mean, time. Also, I kind of feel for Bodie, especially mm. beginning, because he's a kid and no one believes. Bodie's the- fantastic. Yeah. yeah, no one believes the kid. I Thanks, lo- Georgie. I, I loved. I lo- yeah, that you is lied Georgie. and I yeah. died. Yeah. Oh shit, that's him. Yeah, I, yeah. I really, got his arm chomped by a clown. Damn. I really enjoyed Bodie's character. Yeah, uh, Aloha. In this. <laughs> oh. It's like aloha. I love it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, <coughs> yeah, I I uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, I really I want to go back to the flashbacks a bit of the. Uh-huh. I, the I I'm so fascinated with all of the like like Mark Cho. Like, why did Mark Cho kill himself? It's because yeah. he was the most trustworthy. So they he so knew he knew all, where all the keys were. He he's like, I gotta kill myself. That's. Yeah tragic as hell that, that is, is i really like I know that. what i know what i have to i was do. waiting yeah. for so long to be like okay Why? but like what was up with that yeah. what yeah. Mark the show? show yeah yeah like I, it was it was super super weird like uh randall luck is dead yeah randall luck is dead i know what i have to do like yeah. you gotta kill yourself because you know he, that's something like he doesn't even he's not even like let's doesn't honest, hesitate he's not even sure that dodge is going to come after them oh uh, but like he he's like okay gotta he do just this. knows yeah. that randall's dead and shit's about to hit the fans so he just I thought the use of both like flashback or memory of Rendell throughout the season was really same, really yeah. well paced out and oh, yeah. really well used. Yeah, I, I liked it a whole lot, especially with the stuff with Sam and the stuff with Kenzie's. I love Kenzie's memories uh, when she's like listening to her dad tell tell her the story mm-hmm. of um, oh the three different stories. Yeah, the stories, and then when they're at the aquarium and she realizes, oh wait, my mom was there too. Mm-hmm. Because obviously when you go through that type of trauma, you want to focus on the person you lost, not the person you still have. Yes. So her realizing like, wait, I've been a, a, I, I I've been a jerk to my mom. Right. And this is after when she got her fear taken out of her body, which I do like. <laughs> I that like that keep, concept a lot. Like she do, she does keep mentioning throughout the shows, like I don't have my fear anymore. And then at the end, she does realize like, you know what? Maybe I messed up. I, I, but it still doesn't <laughs> get resolved of how the fear is like does she take it back it doesn't which no it's no. left in the air I wonder right. if it's going to be a season 2 thing it um, probably will be I think it's hilarious that she's like hey can I have two boyfriends <laughs> Yeah, I actually think that's hilarious yeah. and like really weirdly progressive. Very no, yeah. I, I liked it too. I was like, oh yeah, go for polyamory. Of course, now like one of them's dodged, so it's like okay, there's an obvious right yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. Though, so immediately yeah. undo your progressive polyamory yeah. suggestion, yeah. but whatever. Uh, oh, okay. she's just really like, like, just think about it, guys. So I really <laughs> like the supporting cast. Oh, yeah. so do I. I love Logan. I love Scott. I love the Savinis. Oh, the Savini squad's great. One mm-hmm. of the things I uh, I do like the twist up about uh, Gabe being dodged the whole time because mm-hmm. when he first because when i first saw him like saying uh or at least agreeing with kenzie all the time I was like yeah let's go to the sea caves let's go do this let's go do that so i'm like you're just trying to get in her pants oh i love and then it, love, and then it essentially works out but then once we got the flashback i was like oh you mother f i love the sea cave you mother effer i love the sea cave sequence yeah. Oh, when yeah. they first go down to CK, I thought that that sequence was really great. Oh yeah. Uh, the tide. Really dramatic when they when the tide when they're trying to escape the tide, and I think mm-hmm. it 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 works really well in the in the, in the scene. When we for the most part, I agree. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. we first see Lucas, um, Ellie's like, "Where are you? Where are you all this time?" And like, it's like, "Oh, it's a good question." It's because he's being gay. He's I'm being like, gay. Yeah. Oh, this is good. I like it. Yeah. I thought the the um. Gabe think, or, or Dodge. Yeah, I think the, like, again, like, the pacing is kind of weird at times, but I think the structure of, like, being introduced to characters and, like, oh, they might be evil like Ellie, but, like, she's just being used and, like, she she's just really looking out for her son and, like, I, I like all the character twists and turns throughout this whole show so much. And, like, you think Rendell might be bad at a time because you see him kill Lucas and then yeah, like, yeah. it turns out Lucas is bad, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I thought all the, a lot of the character was, stuff was I, awesome. I, I was immediately, like, the moment that the, the identity key stuff was revealed, I'm like, 
because it, it happens in the same moment. You find out about the identity and you find out about that that memory. And I'm like, oh, Lucas bad. Yeah, <laughs> Lucas, Lucas, Lucas bad. is dodge. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh I really like I want to spotlight this cuz I thought it was such a good visual moment when they um revisit in Kinsey's mind when she's hiding under the table with Bodie. And oh, the table is like five times larger Eternal than Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that was really excellent. I agree. Thought that was so good. Yeah. Um the show I think suffers from a lot of really weird forced plotting. I'll try and explain what I mean. Um Eden has that moment where she's manipulated by the music box key. Yeah. And that doesn't affect her character for the rest of the show. Not no. at all. Uh, she it doesn't comes, affect the character she around still her. With them. You know what? She, she's still the popular girl slash... Scott, um, Scott doesn't hold up to that was messed up, and I think we need to address that that was messed up. He just kind of drops it the very next scene we see him. Yeah. Um, again, like, she's forgiven of her bad things because Sam attacked their house. And, like, I get that, but, like, you don't just ignore characters acting like assholes and give them a pass uh and that happens a lot you don't get the, where oh, we yeah. get like these forced yeah. plotting moments because it creates tension or it creates drama and i'm like yeah but we're not actually addressing these issues and in a show where you're basing it around these characters of this family who are going through trauma and you're not going to delve into that feels so weird yeah. and that that drives me nuts and it really does create these weird weird moments that I'm like they j- they just don't make sense and that's yeah. and another example is Joe like killing of Joe is fine but the way that they reveal that they find out Joe was there is him just like standing outside the house with like a cell phone all wow. of a sudden up and I'm like who the and f who does it like that <laughs> and then they look at him dead in the eyes and he just slowly walks to his car yeah, I'm yeah, like so- you you Dumbass! Like who? Yeah. You bolt. Everything but you that run cell phone like the scene. Damn wind! Everything but that cell phone scene. I'm, I I thought was really good. Yeah. Then I'm just see Joe just like. <laughs> yeah. I'm like like what is this? <laughs> yeah. Like I, there's on. some there's some moments that they make it so hard for me to to sincerely. T- yeah, invest in in what's happening and uh, address those moments and 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 Nina suffers from that a lot too. I think that a big problem with what I have with how they handle Nina that that absent mindedness that's created around her character throughout the show is it forbids the kids from being able to actually relate to their mom in this sequence of going through trauma. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and that ju- that just is a bummer. It's a wasted opportunity. It's a wasted opportunity to let these characters like. Ad- address these characters in yeah. the wake of and this again loss. I you know think what? if they if they took out some of that high school stuff because you were just talking about all the Eden stuff uh-huh. if they just yeah. took all that out they'd have so much more time to do development with the mom They also, even though I love all those actors yeah, no, yeah. Also, another thing that kind of bummed me throughout the season because we mm-hmm. only see this once and we never see it again is when um, Bodhi goes through the becomes a ghost and he meets his great great grandfather oh yeah that was that awesome never I mean because that's the the man who essentially who's like it's like yeah, Chamberlain. Yeah, Chamberlain Locke. He's like, yeah, I've been part of the property for ever since it was built, and I died he's here. He's so cool. So. He's like, I, I could have chose Passover, but I quite like it it's here. Like, yeah, I like it here, and I and Gentleman he ghost. could have been a wealth of information yeah. of what the key's done. I agree. And season two, <clears throat> it probably would be a season two thing. But the whole time I'm watching the show, it's like, why don't you just have the kids? Why don't you just tell have Bodie tell Kenzie and Tyler, let's go through the door and talk to our grandpa, no. and he tells them how the keys work. Then it would they would be uh, Spock in the st- new Star Trek movies. They're like, hey, what happened, Spock? Tell me about Khan. No, but you're well, no, but he did. He know they know what the keys do. They don't have to keep going trial through air and then oh shit, this is what it does. But Ben, you're totally but that's the fun of it. You're totally right that like they introduce a lot of things that that are introduced in moments as like gimmicks, and they don't explore what what resources they have from that. There's the one where. Uh, 
Tyler finds out he's able to put any book into his brain. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. and he just knows all of the things That's in a fun it. And scene. I'm like, oh, God. if they found out that stuff about their dad, they could have like looked into books about the town uh-huh. or the high school or any of that, and just shoved that in into a brain and learned everything immediately. Uh, at least tried to do some amount of like honest research. What, what you're saying, what you're saying, makes a lot more sense. I just want to very quickly uh, highlight what Ryan said. Um, you're right. Uh, if if they if they just went to Chamberlain Lock like Ben sa- said to tell you how the keys work, it takes away the series. It takes away the mystery and the yeah. fun of learning. No, I agree. The keys I are. agree with that. I yeah. agree. Like you got to have that fun of it. But I, but I still stand by that. Like this isn't specifically targeted at Chamberlain, but like what more what I'm saying or like the the not using the music box key to take control of the situation when Sam's in the house. Yeah. Like you have these tools in the keys, and when they come up, they're almost forgotten. Yeah. S- some of them, like the one about absorbing knowledge or the mm-hmm. one about the music box key they're they're forgotten so quickly and no longer utilized by the kids the ghost key can do stuff like i don't know how much it can do past vol- the first volume but like it, you can like make people really cold maybe you could do more like they didn't do anything with that they probably could have done something with that yeah he could have like been over tyler in the shower yeah, yeah. something but they don't do anything with it yeah. that's weird although i will i <laughs> yeah, will like, not that's kind of the point of the ghost or key. even like, the, you don't really do it. the yeah, mir- it's okay just, it's just he goes to his brother's shower yeah. also you know what kind of weird because the mirror key when uh dodge is telling Bodhi about the mirror key about how it's a world that no one wants to escape i don't everyone will want to escape that world that world looks creepy it, i don't see any happiness well, in he, those he mirror tricks, worlds he tricks her he tricks them he, he tricks him into thinking that the mirror key is a place where where you can see the dead oh you yeah. can see the yeah, dead. yeah it's because you are the dead one <laughs> it's because you're a dead yeah mm. uh is, is is the is the tricks yeah, because the mirror, the mirror keys because dodge up. messed up it sounds like dodge can't lie but she can withhold the truth to create a false truth. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which I, which I, I wish they would kind of dive a little bit more into. I'm a, um, I'm a, oh, that was a poor doggy. I'm a big fan of um, like she can't take a key from the locks. Yeah, yeah. But she could take it from anyone else. So Sam's, so mm-hmm. Sam, like, oh, don't worry, Sam. She can't take the key from you. And she just stabs him. He's like, yeah, a lock. Don't. Not yeah, I can't take else. it from you guys. So. Yeah, right. Sorry, Sam. Um, yeah, I, I. I I really, in, I, I really Oof. enjoyed that. When she looks him right in the eyes and she's like, there's nothing, there's nothing special. special about you as he dies. I'm, oh, yeah. Man. yeah. That's yeah. mad. And he falls through the ghost key and they close the door on him. So it's like, yeah. Ooh, that's, oh, that's double sad. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. He, he now lives as a ghost. He can hang out the Chamberlain. Uh, <laughs> I like the, the flashback scenes with Rendell and Sam are like, uh, you see the well house and she's like in bars. Like, like uh-huh. Sam, oh, like, please help me. Like freaking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, that, I, like I think that imagery is really cool. Yeah. yeah I do too. I like oh, yeah. A whole lot. Um, we should probably wrap up soon. We're getting a little late in time. Sure. Uh, yeah, I I really do like the show. I think yeah. it did a lot of really cool stuff. I just feel like there's a lot of wasted potential oh, yeah. in its characters and its setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden bullets. I am I am eagerly awaiting a second season. Hopefully, we get it. I oh, really yeah. I really am hoping that they do ha- get a second season because I really want some of the as much as I do enjoy the show. A lot of the stuff that just they don't address anymore really bugs me. Like we, they don't talk to Chamberlain again. They don't mention. They don't. They have a a run in with um, Kenzie's fear, and that's about it. And twice. Yeah, twice. And I now, would have liked a, resol- a resolution to the fear thing. Yeah, and now that um, Eden is part of, of Dodge's like the whatever, squad. well, she's half demon now. Oh, it's yeah. what's gonna happen. Uh, I think what stands out to me is that we're we've been talking about this with the six issues of the comic and the and the season of the show, and I would argue that the season of the show covers a lot more ground oh, yeah. than those six issues of the comic. It covers do. the entire comic. However, the characters feel no further along in growth than they do in those six issues of the comic. I'd agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's an issue. Yeah, um, like a big the one. comic is an issue. Oh, <coughs> yep, six of them. 
Yeah, I, I just, boy, I wish they, Head I games. wish they'd been able to. That's the second volume. It's called Head Games. Bring oh, more yeah. of that to the table. I it's the third episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? I didn't. Know. Yeah, Head Games. I didn't look at the names. Uh, all right, right so on. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I, you lied and I died. What would you rate it? Uh, do we, do we, do we rate? I don't know. I don't think, I think we rate, rate don't, don't yell at me. I don't know. <laughs> it's a cool show. You should check out the show. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, it's I good. think it's totally worth checking out the comics as well. Yeah. They're very different, so they're different experiences. However, prob- doing one before the other is going to spoil some details. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely going to want you to yeah. find some old school keys and make them look cool. That's true, for true, sure. True. Really, some keys, some key merchandise. I wouldn't be. Topic. I wouldn't be surprised if they probably exist somewhere. It's your book club next week. It is. We are skipping the book club this week. Obviously, we just did it. Um, yes. It's your book club next week. Do you know what it is? Yes, I do. What is it? We are going to do Cage by Gendy Tartakovsky. Woo! We're doing all four issues, and if you have the trade of Cage, then it also comes with the very first issue featuring Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. Oh, Cage Trade from 1972, so we're going to do that as well. Heck yeah. Okay, oh. there we go. Um, as I we mentioned up top, uh, Ben Ben Magnet's interview with Ben Lepley yeah. is up online right now. And it is. Um, it's an hour and a half of us talking about nerd stuff. Yeah. And next week we will be doing The Invisible Man. Oh, I'm The Invisible Man. You can't see me. The I'm new, The Invisible Man. I'm gone. The new reboot of The Dark Universe. Third time's a charm. True. Um, <laughs> um, oh, wait, wait. What, are, what all are we counting? Dracula Untold. Dracula oh, sorry. Untold I thought you were talking about Invisible Man movies. Sorry. No. Oh. Dracula like, Untold. Hollow reboot Man. of the Hollow Man. Hollow Man. <laughs> the original. The original. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Memoirs of an Invisible Man, directed by John Carpenter, starring Chevy Chase. Whoa. 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 Uh, yeah. No, I mean like you know Dracula Untold, the, uh, the Mummy. Now the Invisible <laughs> Man. Remember the the scream. Although the this mummy? is though this what? is less. Ah. You do you you saw them talk about this right? Where they're like, they they made a comment about the Dark Universe failing and all that. What they say. Oh, uh, <clears throat> uh, the, uh, I don't know what her position is, but someone at Universal Studios, there was a THR roundtable of, of executives, and there they admitted to, like, the Dark Universe failure, and they said that they are, like, entirely driven by, like, um, director-made films and Good. less about, like, connective tissues, so um, that it's not it's not really going to be about bringing it together. And they, they she openly said, like, um, we've learned that you cannot force a cinematic universe onto an audience. True. So Sony? That's not, so that's not the goal. Sony? Warner, Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers? Sony looking <laughs> at Everyone you. that's not Disney? I think Warner Brothers did learn that lesson. Now, we now arguably are looking at that. Yeah. Yes. Sony? Just you left. Paramount? Transformers, G.I. Joe. So he's like, universe. we can make as much Spider-Man as we want a Spider-Man because everybody's Spider-Man. <laughs> Does um, whatever a Spider-Man can. As you guys know, especially... She if sits in a chair. Do, are you going to put this part in the in the watching? No, I won't. Okay, never mind then. Um, <laughs> as you guys know, we uh, we have a YouTube page. You can find that link in the description. We have a, a series of fake nerd watch videos of a bunch of TV shows currently going with Star Trek Picard, which is myself, uh, and Michael Carlson from The Downright Nerdy. Congratulations to Michael Carlson, Downright Nerdy. Oh, yeah. Michael Carlson and Riley Sloan. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, huge. I watched their live yesterday, and I freaking knew it. I yeah. freaking knew it. Uh, he was he was posting online. This is a awesome. spoiler. It's already up. By the time watch his video, but he was posting yeah. online about how, like, Riley Sloan, goodbye, Riley Sloan. It's the end. The, the sec- beginning of the end. The second I saw him, I'm like, oh, I think I know what's going on. I, I I had a I had a feeling babies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a baby. But yes, huge congratulations yes, so huge to those congratulations. two. You can find him on downrightnerdy.com, uh, his his YouTube page, and again, Star Trek Picard. Um, Basement Arcade is another is another show we do on on this channel. That is. Um, that's uh, you guys, yep. Ryan, Ryan and Ben. Yep. Uh, doing Sonic Mania still. Yep. Sonic Mania just came out. Yeah, did it? It did. Mm-hmm. It did. Cool. I watched it last night. Cool. You watch your own stuff. Yes, yeah. I watch my own stuff. He listens to us, man. Yeah, 
He's a fan of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I'm so glad you're a fan. Also, it's for quality control stuff. Is it for Stephen King? No. Do you, do you write to Stephen King and be like, hey, No, lover. I do not. No, I do not. Stephen King has like 500 unread messages. Please listen, Stephen. <laughs> no. Uh, we also are a Funko affiliate. You can use uh, the link in the description to use promo code SHOP10 for 10% off your purchase uh, when you shop at the Funko store online. Patreon and Public, if you'd like to support us financially. Um, uh, we have a, we, those two links are in the description below. We got two tiers on the Patreon. We got a bunch of shirts on the Tee Public. Hopefully, add some more soon. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our our tunes and our interim stuff. If it's a music on here, it's him. Uh, you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards. Um, he also has a podcast called Suburban Proctologist. Congratulations, to Jeremy Bellucci. By the way, congratulations. He is also getting married. Uh, he was proposed to. We've already talked about this before, yeah, but did. yeah, I know. But I'm just trying to make a theme of it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wedding he's, themes. He's proposed to. Uh, congratulations, Bet Magnet. What? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. What? <laughs> you are engaged to uh, Sonic. Mother ever. And Stephen King. Hey, rings. Shut up. Rings. Very polyamorous of you, Stephen King. Shut and Sonic. Oh, lock and key, baby. S S M M. Supersonic. Stop. Just stop. no, no. Stephen King. Oh, Sonic. Got it. Ben Magnet. Got it. I had to stretch for the for Super the Smash Brothers please melee. Stop. Please stop. <laughs> All right. Just just finish, please. You can oh. find a uh, suburban proctologist on Instagram, on uh, fake on Subproc Podcast Facebook, suburban proctologist, and of course on iTunes. Uh, Mike Patola, congratulations, Mike Patola. Are we, are we done? Did he move yet? Yes, he moved. Okay, yeah. Mike Patola moved. Why are we clapping so much now? Is it because of milk? <laughs> milk. No, no, milk, no, milk, 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 milk. I didn't want it. I didn't want this, but it happened. <laughs> Um, Every you, episode, you can find my Patola T-shirt. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> not down, I'll do it. Let's not go down I'll that do rabbit it. hole Don't, again. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, you can find Mike Matola at Mike Matola. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, Fickner at Gmail dot com. If you'd like to get to us, per- oh whoa, what was that? If you'd like to get catch a breath, <laughs> breathe. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, you can find me at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Ben at BenMagnet27. Oh, I almost said .com. There's no .com. BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. New article this week? Yeah. It'll, it'll go up tonight. I just have to put the pictures in the article. Link in the description. Link in the description. Right. So over the weekend, this YouTube channel called uh, Chilled Cow uh, got taken down. It is a uh, constantly running live stream. It's called uh, Lo-Fi Hip Hop Radio Beats to Relax Study To. It is a very, very popular YouTube channel that's constantly running awesome dope beats to just relax study to just put on They're the also background. on Spotify. Also on Spotify, which I did not know because uh, I always just have it on YouTube. But it got taken down and the, the, the world freaked out because why would you take it down? And it, it was an accident kind of thing. Uh, but they inadvertently created a 13,000 hour video. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's a year and a half long video because <laughs> it's a live stream that got taken down and they record everything. So it's 13,000 hours long. So if you want a year and a half of great music, there it is, baby. Wow. It's also still live now. Uh, where I'm are at you? DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Smarmy? Uh, Sparkles. You can, you can find me retweeting that delicious takedown of Mike Bloomberg by Elizabeth Warren at oh. SparksWitty on Instagram, Twitter, SparkzWitty. Bloomin' onions for dinner. The Fake Nerd Podcast is in no way affiliated with any political party. We are not, except um, screw Republicans. <laughs> he said it, and I agree. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, rate and review wherever you get us, and greatly appreciate it, and I agree too. <laughs>